Do you want to go into stasis for the rest of the trip and forfeit 18 months' wages? Do you want to listen to Dwarf Cast by Ganymede and Titan? Shoes. Robot ears, stand by. This is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to a Dwarfcast special on Robot Wars, the Craig Charles fronted mechanical mayhem game show from the late 90s and early 2000s. We all really like it, we were big fans of it in our youths and we are now reliving that youth from the, uh, <laughs> from the perspective of three men in their late 30s, sat in their bedrooms with nothing better to do. As opposed to teenagers sat in their bedrooms watching Robot Wars. As opposed to people making the robots in their late 30s, sat in their bedrooms. (laughs) They've not even done the useful robotic part. Anyway, I'm from Sully Hall in the West Midlands, the Smegmeister. And joining me, as always, from Leeds... Stevenson's other, less powerful rocket. Hello. And from Middlesbrough, Sam Kant. Hello. Today we are choosing to watch Robot Wars Series 4, Semi-Final B. Of course. (laughs) It's the natural place to start. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) We basically asked a regular Gene Tier, Christopher Wickham, who is the leading source of knowledge on Robot Wars, as far as I'm aware, the geeky de- level of details on Robot Wars. We'll put a link to his blog, his ro- the Robot Wars tag on his blog for some fascinating edit-based articles. Anyway, we asked him for a recommendation of what's a good episode, and he said that this is generally considered one of the best episodes ever. He's got some absolutely classic fights in it and features some very well-remembered and well-loved robots, and also a higher-than-proportional amount of Craig Charles, uh, <laughs> because there's, there's more interviews, like post-match interviews in this one than an average episode. So without further ado, you will find the link to said episode in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, probably more than average, it's worth lining up and listening to our commentary alongside because me and Capsi haven't watched this in advance and so we'll sort of be reacting to things as they happen. Danny did the bare minimum of research and actually watched the episode before <laughs> before coming down to commentate on it. Uh, so yes, if you wish to line it up, uh, then press play at the end of these noises. There ain't no place in the whole of cyberspace. www.ganymede.tv Yeah. Spiky ball. Gotta love these 90s graphics. <laughs> oh, we're, we've got a recap. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Chaos um, 2. Unfortunately, with this uh, YouTube upload, it's stretched, I think. Isn't it? Yeah, it's stretched. Hey, yeah. It's alright. But, hey. It would be remiss of us not to mention. Yeah. Craig uh, looks annoyed. <laughs> that guy's arm up. This this is a good example of nineties CG. I think it's like it's well well judged. (laughs) So according to that intro joke, Craig Charles was just a massive baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or nice jib action. Moving the camera around is it's intro. It's a great fucking set, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Fair huge set. And that um, perspex <laughs> around it in place because uh, Jeremy Clarkson nearly got decapitated during fucking the first year. Yeah, nearly got fucking We'll scalped. come to that. <laughs> I, yes. I didn't actually Sliding know that. Moment. What? Well, this is a recap of what we've got so far. Oh, I remember these. Splinter. Stinger, whose entire thing was just slamming from one end to the other. <laughs> <laughs> like that mousetrap thing it's like it's, it's good but it's never going to do any damage is it it's just th- there's, there's a whole sub subset of robots that are just going eh eh and like it looks impressive but so this is series 4 4 so, so you know early like, 2000s is it yeah so like this is sort of like yeah. when, when robots started to become like either they were like good or they were really good yeah like I mean, we've just seen Hypnodisc on screen. Yeah, holy shit. I mean, that that was the one that kind of changed everything. Yeah. And then kind of fizzled out, right? Well, it just sort of started this renaissance of like, oh, we don't have to have, like, you don't have to do what the house robots are doing. You can do yeah. something completely different. And it was like, it was so unusual mm. and so other yeah. that it was just like, it just such it was literally, literally a game changer. Yeah. Craig, Craig Charles wanting to get so, bashing yeah. there. <laughs> so we've got spawn of skulls. Oh, I so. like this. The mousetrap and splinter both unseeded, but made it to the semi-final. Uh, I well. had a wall chart for this series from the official <laughs> Robot Wars magazine, and it had little stickers of all the. It was thirty-two seeds, and uh, I put those on one of my school books. And then, yeah, you filled in the wall chart as, as the series went on, as if it were a World Cup. So I fucking loved it. God almighty. I mean I mean, seriously though, like that is essentially just a massive fucking weapon. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrifying how big that thing actually is. No, Craig Craig Charles isn't Don't on screen at the moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> take and, neither, and neither is Philippa Forrester. Ooh. Oh, this was when she regenerated into Julia Reed, wasn't it? Yeah, but then she regenerated back again. I always liked Julia Reed. I like Julia Reed, she's good. Obviously, she's not Philippa Forrester. She's the quintessential, yeah. perfect Robot Wars co-host. But in her own right, Julia reads perfectly. Yeah, she's good. Did she maybe did two series of it, um, or or one main series in an extreme or something? I think so. Philippa oh, Robot Wars Extreme! Baby. Holy shit, that one is. <laughs> what studio is this? Is it hanging somewhere? Like... <laughs> um, I know that. At times it was Elstree. Um I think the George Lucas stage they used for some series. Uh, but that doesn't look like it. No, that can't be it. In the the pits looks like it's a hangar somewhere. I am sure the information is on. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, and on the credits in a bit as yeah. well. Probably. So Stinger. Sure, if we don't mention it. So Stinger's supposed to somehow wedge itself into a robot and then reverse and flip it over. I just I think it's just no. meant to be incredible. It's just meant to be like a like basically a big mace. It just sort of flops from back and forth, and the arm right. swings and twats people. So it's it's one of those chassis used to be a desk. If if that robot was a boxer, it would it would be it wouldn't be trying to win on KO. It would be trying to win on points. 
yeah, grind it down. Well, yeah. I hope for an immobilization, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Mousetrap, very much in the mould of uh, Chaos, with, yes. in terms of shape and yeah. flippiness, but with an added little... Because wedges were quite sort of popular at that point. Yeah, well... The the downside of the innovation, like you got your hypno discs and your razors, who will show you like a massively different way of of playing the game that changes it, and then you've got a game changer like Chaos Two, which just was so good that it led to all new robots over the <laughs> next two series, just being clones of Chaos Two, but not driven as well or not quite as powerful. Chaos Two and it ended up being a little bit dull with Chaos Two's dominance. Over the over the, a few series, yeah. No, and oh, this is interesting. The series four Robot Wars set was the fourth incarnation, designed by Julian Fullerlove. Oh, Red Dwarf Connection. Yep, there we go. And it was filmed in Park Street Studios St Albans, just ten minutes away oh, okay. from Elstree Street Studios. There you go. <sighs> Unflippable. Go, Look at that. Beautiful. Yeah, runs on both sides. Yeah. It was just and that's the problem invading. with your wedges, right? Yeah. Your wedges, very well, flippable. Unless they've got a Shremek. Well, yeah. <laughs> Self-writing <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> Actually, I think Mousetrap probably could. I, th- I, th- I think that um, <clears throat> the trap could probably flip it. Not very precisely, mm. but it could have a go. Oh, careful, fuck Yeah. <laughs> The workings of Mousetrap look fucking vulnerable to me. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's on fire. Oh, you've gone on fire again. <laughs> oh, he's lost his he's lost his weapon, essentially. Oh, the chain's gone off something the stuck out. Oh, it's, yeah, that's the drive in it. Do you know what? The, yeah. Um, Stinger's doing a lot more damage have, on the Did this series have RefBot? I can't remember. Yes, it is. It does. It's there. <laughs> oh, yeah, there he is. <laughs> RefBot. I like People hate Refbot. No, I like, love Refbot. That's amazing. Yeah, but Refbot's when Refbot amazing. gets wrecked, it's like one of the best things that can happen. <laughs> I just like sort of like the yeah the, the idea of having an actual robot referee was a really good. And the, yeah. His yeah. yellow cards and yeah, stuff. Well. Oh, here he comes. Here's here he is. With his fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's an absolute prick. Look at him. Oh. I mean, it's devastating when it's like you just see this like carnage in they're just like yeah, feels harsh. The, house, the house robot operators are just waiting for the nod from whoever it is that says yeah they're immobilized go just fucking go to town they lads. must have like a time limit i think it's like 30 seconds of like non-movement and then it's like yeah just go and do what you need to do it's this it's this i'm sure this fire doesn't actually do that much damage but my god it's just it, it looks, looks like bad. yeah <laughs> there's so much fire in this show that it can't but it looks like it would. Because yeah. like that's made, that's just perspex yeah. that can, can quite easily melt. Can't quite hear Jonathan Pierce, but I can guarantee you he just made a fondue joke. <laughs> <laughs> hit, 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 hit. Oh, careful, killer. Look. I would Come genuinely on, say look. Jonathan Pierce is genuinely one of the reasons why this show works so well. Yes. Is it does feel he, very energetic. He is a much better robot wars commentator than he is a football commentator. Well, to, at, the, at the time, but nowadays, I love hearing Jonathan Pierce on the football. I don't know if is it's that just, just because a... he reminds you of robot wars. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Do, you, do you remember at the time that Channel Five had the European football? Uh, had yeah. um, European qualifiers. I think it would yeah. have been qualifiers for Euro two thousand and and the all time classic. Ready, steady, Teddy. Like one of Sheringham's last goals for England. Mm. Um. 
I don't know. Like, you know, at least he was memeable. <laughs> he was... Before we were ready. <laughs> yeah, I think he's, he's mellowed a bit in his football commentary over the years, but at the time he was just doing the Robot Wars style yeah, commentary yeah. on football and it didn't fit. It was very Channel 5 approach. It was. I mean, the quality of football commentators is not good at the moment anyway, so I think in that field he's probably one of the best. Oh. I love the matching t-shirts that the teams yeah, have. They yeah. have a uniform. Yeah. Do you remember there was a, a team called Plunderbird? Yes. That <laughs> came back year after year after year, and they were like the hard men of Robot. They were they were trying to be Wolf from Gladiators. Hold basically, that thought. Have the audience boo them. Hold okay. that thought. <laughs> what the fuck? It's all right. Okay. Okay. It's all right. It's, broken. It's, fine. it's very important that you're all watching the same version right. as us. Yeah. <laughs> so you just you just mentioned about Blunderbird having like these kind of like hard, right? Oh, spawn of Scutter. Yeah. Ah, Scutter. Misspelling the word Scutter. Right. Oh, here they are. <laughs> this is the Pound Shop Blunderbird. <laughs> Pound Shop Blunderbird. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Look at the yeah, state of these that's a, That is exactly Plunderbird's spiel. That. <laughs> I mean, look at those fucking Matrix glasses. Holy shit. <laughs> the thing is, though, right, what about men's rights? <laughs> <laughs> at least two of these men were founding members of Father's Virginia. <laughs> what we done is we put a little spark in the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> We shouldn't be mean. Hang on. <laughs> Out of all of them, these are Red Dwarf fans, yeah. really, because they can name them. Well, thing. maybe maybe that that is why they deserve extra meanness. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're Red Dwarf well, they, fans to the point where they know it... what a scutter is, but they don't know how to spell it. Yeah. Well, I, here's the thing, though. Is that I think I've I wondered I've always wondered whether that was a uh, intervention. Copy, copyright. You're not allowed to use the word yeah. scutter or something. Maybe that was copyrighted or trademarked or something, and they had to change it. Well, that would be very <laughs> organised for Granola Productions. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, panic attack! Yeah, Amazing. Fucking, Fucking they, love panic attack. These guys they were like winners of the Second Wars, if I remember correctly. A gentle, kindly old man from Wales. Oh, they're great. I say old man. He's probably the same age as we are now. <laughs> Fuck. And, like, <laughs> Look at him having a go. A rotating uh, selection of like local kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good he's of... got a URL on his T-shirt. Yes. In the very early days, he's got a really one of those really really long, <laughs> really like, long www.panicattack.com/robotwars.compuserve.com ro- <laughs> slash five four 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 six six seven. And then that weird little tilde that used to be on every fucking website when you had to be like a certain. Picture yeah. of it. <laughs> But yeah, look, they've got a little one as well. A little, little mini... Little oh, mini. little mini <laughs> So he takes right around school fates and stuff. So they obviously do like the they do like the little tours and stuff, bring it to schools and stuff. It'd be fucking ace. Uh, I bet, you, that, I bet you that's his ploy to get council funding. <laughs> I just would love to get, like, to have had, like, robots from Robot Wars, like, visit my school. That would have been yeah. just the best yeah. thing ever. yeah. They never would have visited ours, like just like some. Like, you'd have to have gone to a city school for. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nothing in, like a. In defensive, because I got distracted then by panic attack, but I was about to say we referenced a scutter with the C. We did recently uncover that that it was spelt that way in the first edition of Smegazine. So yeah. maybe these are 
hardcore fans. Yeah, it's something I think I think Moonlight pointed it out on the forums that that yeah. this this spelling of Scutter never appeared anywhere apart from here. And, and so, the, so there was yeah. also a robot called the Inquisitor in yes. a series of Robot oh. Wars, and Craig confirmed in their post-match interview that they'd done it as a reference. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, if Craig had not been a host, they would not have named yeah. those things. <laughs> Panic Attack's got bits of Deator for... Oh, that one. I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah, there was that one. That there, was, was, well, yeah. there was two. Uh, Nemesis was the original of Furry Robot, and then the same team came back with Deator, and I think this is the Deator era. I like the fact that it's like Irish wearing flag. the skin of its enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a Welsh flag. <laughs> so, Spawn of Scutter is a bit of rubbish, isn't it? I mean, it's in a final... Fair play to it. It's a semi-final. It runs yeah. both ways. It has a little wedge. It runs both front. ways. Oh, does it actually flip? Do you mean, do you mean it's gay? The thing is, it's not going to do. It's not going to do anything. It's panic attack you because it's just going to do that. Because oh, those forks will damage and also it's, flip. It's, yeah, scraping the underside. You get a good hit against the edge. Depends edges, where the vital bits are. Yeah. yeah. I see there were some robots that were just vulnerable because their battery was close to the edge or something, or a, a crucial bit of robot would yeah. just plop off. Oh, they that just haven't got proper changed, fire shielding. For the recent ones, they had to have like a special like a kill switch that you could literally pull the battery out at yeah. like a moment's notice. There's something about that going Get fucked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still get excited when I see a robot. I love it. Get it over the edge. Go on. <laughs> Yeah, you're right, Daddy. Yeah, they had, for, as a safety feature, they had a kill switch, um, and often that was how a fight would be decided as someone's kill switch got accidentally yeah, bumped. Yeah, that's kind of sort of ruined the uh, top of the. Oh, go on, line it circled. up. Line. Uh, oh, uh, it doesn't quite have the lift. It's got go the, on, the then. Metal again, though, go good on, design lads. that way because it's like you just can't get underneath it, so it's good design that way. That's fucking sadistic, that. <laughs> That's yeah, just interesting because, like, Jonathan Pierce just said something like, "Oh, they've been immobile. They've been immobile for too long, and that's why the house robots have come in." Because I was thinking, "Well, they're trapped. They're like stuck, but are they immobilized?" But I guess they are. If you can't, I think they're the house robots move. give them a chance to, you know, like, yeah. But that's that's part of their design, right? If they can't get out of a situation that they're yep. not designed for, yep. then that's that's. Oh hello, hello. Oh, panic attacks taking on shunts. Love it. <laughs> The, the others are like, where do you think you're going, mate? <laughs> you're fucking nicked. So if Panic Attack got dumped in that pit now, <coughs> would that mean that Scutter wins? Because that would seem no, unfair, wouldn't if, it? Yeah, if they've been declared immobile Oops. enough. Oh, Get fucked, kill a lot. Not so hard now, are you? <laughs> Where's your fluid gone? <laughs> Oh, God, some, some sort of fluid. fluid. <laughs> I bet. I hope Craig makes a reference to <laughs> Sir Killalot spilling his special fluid all over the arena floor. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> Happy Welsh man from Panic. Oh, yeah, I just destroyed two house robots. <laughs> oh, bit cramped. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I get frustrated watching the camera and trying to get through the crowd. There's <laughs> just no space at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that adds to the feeling, doesn't it? It's, uh, like 
you're in a real it feels like you're in a real place and not in a TV studio the thing is that like, post COVID my brain's just going they're too close they're not they're, 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 <laughs> everything's ruined I watched the uh, oh no, no, no everything no. is ruined <laughs> it was right. an episode of Caster's Countdown everyone sat really close together it just freaked me out <laughs> looks weird I get that with watching pre-COVID episodes of Taskmaster <laughs> because at first it looked so weird to see everyone sat so far apart in the new ones and then now the old ones look weird <laughs> yeah that that feeling of it being a real event that you're witnessing obviously it's not because it's like there's hours in between each of these fights for the robots to get repaired and stuff but they make it feel like it's one big continuous they do. I was really, really confused when they when it was like, oh, we need to fix this thing. I was like, well, you've got like two minutes before this. <laughs> yeah. So you better get fucking waste time. Why talk to anyone? Fucking leave me alone. They're busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Look who's up next. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> number two seed, so number one must be... Um, That'd be Razor. Chaos 2. Oh, Chaos 2, sorry, yeah. Yeah, because Chaos 2 is raining. Oh, Razor's the one with the big claw in the thing, isn't it? Yeah, the big, like, little, little wings. Razor. They so, were back in the new series as well. That's right. Hitting the discs They first... were basically using the same Razor, <clears throat> like the same version of the robot that they built here. Jesus. And so all the new robots were just kicking their ass, unfortunately. Oh, he so, battered them. <laughs> so Hypnodisc came in Series 2, am I right, in remembering yeah. this? And or just three. shredded... Every cunt that got anywhere oh, near it. Was it was just right? ridiculous how it, it, it's. If you can get it early enough, you can fuck it. But if you are literally within <laughs> like, if you've got three minutes, within about like literally three seconds, if you haven't touched it, then you, it's, it's already got, spun yeah. up to the point where it can do yeah. ridiculous yeah. amounts of damage. Where oh yeah, yeah, to, <clears> yeah. You, you just brush past it and your robot gets shredded. Yeah. but yeah. it does have. <laughs> there was always something that sort of prevented it from glory like some bit Technical of bad luck failure. or some dumb mistake yeah, yeah there's one that i remember so distinctly of being like heartbroken for them when it happened but i think it might be this episode so i'm not going to say it yet because <laughs> it yeah. might happen later <laughs> but i can't remember i can't remember whether it was in this series i can't remember whether it was a semi-final or a final but anyway Oh, uh, this guy's shitting himself because <laughs> he knows. He's like, yeah, we're gonna get in. We're gonna, we're gonna get... try and damage them and then <laughs> and hide. <laughs> He's just focusing on maintaining eye contact. Why? <laughs> <laughs> The cameras on the, on the side of the arena, they're all, they're just controlled by uh, motors. They're not, there's no one there, is there? There's no physical person sat with the camera, are they? I assume safety reasons they probably could have. I'm not sure. I think it might have been once upon a time, but I think they changed it. Mm. Yeah, there are manned cameras, definitely, but they must be higher up and yeah. zoomed in, yeah. Oh, that little Tony arm, that little T Rex arm. Yeah, that's the disc has. Self right. T Rex arm. You just get you get some of the some of the robots. You just look at like Razor looked like this and hit the disc. Uh, Like they just look so complete. Whereas Splinter Mm. 
bless it. <laughs> looks, so, yeah, two yeah, looks amateurs. more amateur. Yeah. It's made out of an oil can. It's like someone's done that at home and they're like, <coughs> and they're just going to be a sacrificial gift. The I thing is, like, you, you, you're told you're like, oh, you're up against hypnotist. It's like, ah, shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> the thing is, with, with uh, Robot Wars. Can I borrow right? a plastic bag to take bits of my <laughs> robot home? If, you, if you're building a robot for Robot Wars, like. I mean, personally, I'd be disappointed if I came away with a working robot after it. Like, yeah, you, you want it to yeah. be completely. Some people, like, you, some want, people you want to either come come home with a working robot and a trophy, yeah. or come down with a selection of wires. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's why you built uh, it to go through. It just comes in with his arms flailing, just <laughs> ah. <laughs> then I'm you'll be very surprised if that front. Yeah. Scoot thing of Splinter is still on at the end of this. Your men are already dead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, hello. Hello. Dead Metal's got a claw in. He's oh, creeped shit. into the CPZ. Right, let him go. Oh, Splinter. Oh, shit. Oh, oh fucking hell. Bye bye, Bucket. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I seem to remember something to do with just a random. Oh! Like, <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> it's just the best shit in the world, isn't it? It's so good. Oh. It's just, it's just that amount of damage. It's just from... the power in it is scary because it hasn't even stopped spinning when it hits it. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it just tears through it. I mean, it's just <laughs> like just cut away to the team celebrating. <laughs> That's what they live for, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, there's all its workings. Once that's stop, it, it's stop. just... Stop, it's already like, Yeah, just leave it alone, Johnny. It ain't worth it. <laughs> He's learned his lesson. Oh, man. The thing Never is, though, with him, just give no. it, if that motor goes, or if, like... At this point, I'd be asking permission as to whether we can just keep going. Like, some people would be ruthless, but I'd be just like, dude, can we just keep going? It's like, they'd be like, fuck it, why not? Just fucking make I'd it like, stay, yeah. I'd have had a word beforehand of like, you know, if you beat us, fair play, go for it. I yeah, remember when, yeah. uh, because that is. I want my robot to be in the highlight reel. <laughs> Come on. Look, it's there's just, a man operating a camera. I mean, Dead it's metal. Just, that oh, is unnecessary. Yeah, right. ah. The camera itself was encased in Perspex. And the man. And the man who slowly died of suffocation. <laughs> but he didn't get hit by any shrapnel. <laughs> he's, he's fine. Like, this is a mercy pitting at this point. Uh, the house yeah. robots coming. The house <laughs> robots can't do as much damage as Hypnodisc. I mean, Hypnodisc just they, could yeah. just get involved right now and just fuck them up because they're built for show. Whereas Hypnodisc is like yeah. is designed for, <laughs> for maximum country. I mean, look, that does not even resemble a robot anymore. It's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's ruined. <laughs> How did it get to the <laughs> like Sir Killerlot yes, showing off? And like, yeah, good. we did this. No, you didn't, mate. No, no, we can't give that away as a prize. <laughs> Two hypno discs. I just uh, like a, like an idiot, I just kept on swinging. Well, it's time for the cameramen to risk their lives again. Fall over the edge. The edge is fine. Yeah, I'm devastated. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be gutted, man. I'd be just. How, uh, how do you feel about your life's work being ripped to shreds in front of your very eyes? Yeah, but it's incredibly entertaining, man. It's I know, like your robot obviously wasn't up to spec, so it's fine. Uh, as as what well, is like, there's different. Like we said, there's different classes of robot. There's your hypno discs and your razors and your chaos twos and yeah. whatever that come with 
an actual proper chance of winning the whole competition. You've got people that think they're in that league (laughs) uh, and throw a lot of money at it. Um, Mortis, I remember from the early series, I hated those pricks. <laughs> They're probably very nice people, but they had like the most expensive robot and the most impressive oh. made out of the top type of special Air Force metal or whatever, and they always lost. Yeah. And then you've got people that are just like, hey, let's go on telly, let's build a robot, hey. Yeah. And to even get to a semi-final is phenomenal for those, because there's at this stage of the show's life, there was enough like professional quality yeah. killing machine robots. It's like Bake Off, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the, stand, like the standard just, you know, keeps keeps getting higher and higher until uh, your average <laughs> baker's got no chance. I just want to see then... Sergeant Besh making a, um, a souffle. <laughs> Flambe. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, creme brulee, there you go. That fucking just like... Yeah. <clears throat> um, so killer clotted cream. <laughs> And it's just like Bake Off in the Unbake Off. Whoever loses against the big competitors, their cakes just get shredded. Get, get put in a fucking bin. <laughs> Wild thing. Aldershot. That's a good location for Rubber Wars, isn't it? Aldershot. <laughs> they probably got their bits from the RAF. Integral self Thing wild. I s- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what you're doing with your t-shirt design. You're acrostic. But <laughs> W thing lid. But they could afford another eye, so like I'll tell you what, we've got to make it work. <laughs> oh. Vaguely remember exterminator. Chopper and a flipper. I mean, I do like. I always like versatility. Yeah. Jack of all trades. Yeah, I think it's the best way to go because if you have all your eggs in one basket, like Hypnodisc, I guess to be fair. Well, the very best ones only have one. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is either does yeah. one thing very very well, or does many things all right. The worst thing you could possibly happen, I think, to you on this show is you get immobilized within like the first. 30 seconds. Yeah, you don't even get a chance. And so to anything that stops that happening, I think, is probably priority. I or would be for me, anyway. Love to kill lots design. <laughs> I think it's fucking ace. He's a, he's a late... Well, I say latecomer. He's Series he was, 2, yeah. isn't he? Series 2. Yeah. Yeah. He was the, he's the ocean zone of the... Uh... Yeah, Craig got the job when he turned up and said, Hey, I've got a, I got a house <laughs> robot for right, you. Mate. Because yeah, the main problem with the first series is that the the biggest villain was the host, and so they replaced. <laughs> the um, one thing oh, that a lot of people don't realize as well is that the, the floor gets really greasy. Like people just assume it's like a wooden floor, but you can see tire tracks that mm. thing's making up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like... oil everywhere. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's a killer lot pissed slick. all over the place earlier. So, <laughs> so jizz a lot. Uh, good aggression, like good, good, good uh, driving on Wild Thing. Yeah. Like it's easy to underestimate the skill of the pilot. Yeah, because if you get someone who's really good at it, then they can make a lot out of not much. But look, it's just constant. It's like yeah, just it hasn't got it the, um, the time. It hasn't got the, the power in the drive though. Like it's got it's got pushing power, but it just gets maneuverability. By look anything. at that though. Yeah. 
weaponry is not amazing. Yeah, I've seen it. Yet, but actually. the tactic to to use that little arm to like get under someone and use the little arm. So yeah, and you also who's got a low. You got to be thinking about how many aggression points Noel Sharkey will give you. Although Professor Noel Sharkey, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Professor Noel Sharkey to me. <laughs> um, because, but then again, it doesn't often come down to that, does it? It hasn't so far today. No, but <clears throat> go on. Has he got a flipper? Or is he just a pure wedge? It's like a little, there's like a little arm on top of the Jeez. wedge. Oh dear! Dead metal is the biggest <laughs> cunt of the house robots, I think, because like well, it's through butter. Yeah, yeah, he's not very like spectacular. It's just he just goes up to you and just goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna chop you in half." And it's not yeah, all that impressive to see. Yeah, dead metal, dead metal, and shunt always seem like the sort of the least sort of famous or you know yeah. celebrated but they did a lot more damage both of them than um i mean sergeant bash doesn't really do much damage to anyone it's just it's for show yeah like, unless yeah. you're deator slash nemesis <laughs> unless you have a flammable robot I, I do love how people intentionally cover their robots in like yeah. a very flammable material <laughs> in order to just make it as entertaining as possible was that i remember there was one? one i don't know if it was in an extreme episode or like because before they did full series of extreme they used to just have odd like sort of one-off events or the odd episode where it was full of little one-off. Oh, Grudge Match Special. I think it was the Grudge Match Special at the end of Series 2 or 3 um, where they did a, a battle of just all the flammable robots versus Sergeant Bash. <laughs> <laughs> including so like a special, to make the numbers up, a special sacrificial robot that, <laughs> that just like they'd made out of spare bits at the back which had no... <laughs> like the only armor it had was like a thin, like coat, <laughs> an actual <laughs> bit of cloth. <laughs> so good. Cease. Whenever I see the robots doing their um, little victory dances, it always reminds me of um, Abe's Odyssey. Whenever a slink kills you, and he just starts <laughs> celebrating, like it just starts like shouting every time it kills you. Like it's proud. What went wrong with the design of our robot? The front fell off. Yeah, yeah the other, like, wild thing wasn't struggling for grip. It was darting around like no one's business. <laughs> Greg Charles is an excellent host of this. He is good for this. Because he's perfect. he either is genuinely enthusiastic and excited by it and enjoys it, or he's a better actor than we gave him credit for at the time. <laughs> well, uh, you know, his acting it's chops. It's a bit of both, maybe. We're shown, <laughs> I yeah. don't know, I think so, because he's, he's genuinely sympathetic when he comes to like the kids and stuff. Like He's always kind of like, reassuring with them and stuff. So I genuinely think that, you know, when they're gutted, he's just like, don't get upset. Like, you're all right. It's, it's all right. Don't worry about it. And I've just noticed... I um, think he... Yeah, I think that's it. He engages with the roboteers and with empathy and um a bit of cheekiness he, he knows how important it is to them so he doesn't take the piss no like which is something that he could um fall into at certain other stages of his career and certain other jobs that he's done I've just... it was also what um jeremy clarkson did of having like fucking sneering at it all and yeah just kind of like cynical level to it <laughs> what really watched uh, during a period of unemployment, I started rewatching Robot Wars from the beginning, and I don't think I got this far because I got another job and I didn't have time. <laughs> but 
um, there's a bit a quote from Jeremy Clarkson in series one where he said to a female oh, roboteer, sure. "What what you're doing with uh, with robots? Shouldn't you be doing embroidery or needlework?" Or Fuck me. <laughs> Even for the nineties, that's cunty. Yeah. <laughs> so brave. So brave. <laughs> Here we go. I just no noticed the. Um, to be fair, it had been a long day, and he hadn't had his dinner. It's already gone, but I just noticed that Craig's uh, signed that kid's cap at some point. <laughs> I noticed his signature oh, nice. on the cap. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't want him to. <laughs> saw it lying around. <laughs> yeah, I'll have that. Hook's <laughs> not looking. This is mine. <laughs> this, is, this is a good matchup. This is this is yeah, this is intriguing. <clears throat> there's just no, there's no KO ability with um, yeah, old spiky wheels over there. What's he called? Stinger. 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 Yeah. I think it's very good at evading damage rather than actually being able to create much mm. damage. It's very good at how avoiding you, yeah. trouble. How do you get it? Like it's going to be really even with a Chaos Two level flipper, it's going to be really hard to get any purchase on it to flip it. Mm. And it's pretty fucking fleet as well. Like it, when it yeah. really wants to go, it, it has got some. And it's that, got heft to it, but a, only that that perfect as a defensive spot. move, flailing around. It's a damn fine defensive move. It's quite balletic but, at times, though. <laughs> If I remember, all the well, it must be all the workings are in one or both of the wheels. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, such a weird little system. Because there's no there's no electrics or motors or anything in the middle. Yeah, it's a very clever design. Very very clever design. Does that mean that every time it flips over, yeah. you've got to flip directions as to which way is forward? Like, oh, yeah. Because technically speaking, every time it flips, every time it presses the the weapon to flip it, it technically has to go in the opposite direction. So that requires a level of control that you know. Yeah. Turning left and right will also be flipped. So the entire thing gets inverted the second it turns over. You flip your controls over. I don't know how that works, unless you just get used to doing that. But yeah. Must be a mind fuck. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, it's quite confusing. Whoa. Oops! Oh shit! Here she comes. Yeah, here she is. <laughs> See, Matilda, Matilda doesn't often get like a like a kill sh- like kill shot with that with that tail, does she? It's all it's more just again earlier series. Of show. I think she did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she seemed more formidable earlier on than yeah. later. I, um, her thing with a lot of the time using the chainsaw is after someone's already been immobilised yeah. Yeah, going in and the, the showing off bits afterwards yeah a bit oh, like going uh, to the judges. Uh-huh, here we go you're going to be judging on style, control, damage and aggression pretty <laughs> sure there by Professor Noel Sharkey <laughs> I always thought Noel Sharkey and um, sorry Professor Noel Sharkey and uh, <laughs> George Francis from uh, Chaos 2 should uh, form a <laughs> A group called Sharky and George. <laughs> Investigate crime. Crime busters of the sea. sea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there he is. I used to he work with a guy called Neil Sharky. as well, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Ah, oh, it's good. He's still Professor Noel work. Sharky and Jonathan Pierce. And Liam Fretwell's dad. <laughs> See, this is the yeah. This is the thing: is that all that spinning and just getting little jabs in. Actually, into this now. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, Ooh. that was kind of clear. Yeah. Yeah. It was close, but it was it was always yeah. going to be that because they were just constantly moving, just evading rather than yeah, actually yeah. doing any damage. But like, yeah, aggressive style as well. Like, all that spinning around. Yeah. Look, the Welshman from Panic Attack has got a mobile phone in a holster. Oh, oh my god! Fuck! Is that even <laughs> is that even a digital mobile phone or is it an analog it's one? A it's like a like a Nokia. Yeah. It's a thirty something. <clears throat> it's a one. <laughs> <laughs> The Nokia one. It's a thirty-three ten, I think. At the time, I would not have tolerated anyone with a phone in the in a holster like that. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember having one of those. <laughs> oh, no. I do. I'm glad he you didn't not know tolerated me that point, by Capsule. <laughs> oh, the kids are good, man. Yeah, it's always harsh. Oh, it's like, how oh, well done! You've just beat some children. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> You're proud. You're a grown man. <laughs> ah, we have uh, the flip side of that to discuss a little bit later. <laughs> well, Panic Attacker are one of the very few teams that can say that they were grand champions. Big time. Because there were, what, seven or eight series originally, and probably half of them were won by Chaos 2. Yeah. <laughs> Hypnodis versus Wild Thing. Uh, let's see, shall we? I genuinely can't remember. I definitely no, watched this series <laughs> at the time. I remember who won the overall this series, but I can't remember who else was in the final. So. Well, um, law of averages dictates um, if you were to guess, then Chaos 2 would be the, a good guess. Yeah, Chaos well, 2 won this series. <laughs> from the other <laughs> semi-final. So that's not, that's not a, 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 luckily not a yeah, spoiler for this semi. Yeah, it's not a spoiler for this because we've, yeah, that other semi already. Go on. Right. Go on. Ooh. Oh, he's fucked. It's that first hit. Is that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the disc is going to make. He's going to make connection because sometimes it it slips off yeah. some robots, isn't it? Yeah, there are a few robots that by chance, but uh, already yeah. taking a chunk out the side. So you just know a couple more hits and he's fucked. Yeah, because yeah, once it gets a grip and once it's got something it's the to amount turn that of onto, that's damage it. that just yeah, the amount of damage per hit is looking. Look, it's already look. It's already fucked its wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's an yeah. injured bird at this point. Oh, no, 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 no. There's one wheel. Oh, yeah, he's just yeah, sliced there you that go. two. Easy. Blah, 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 blah. It's like a square wheel now. Oh, my God. Don't fuck it up, <laughs> because they're not immobile. Sometimes I wonder, it's like when they're, when they're actually like really fucked. It was like actually, do you know what? I don't want to win because I don't want to need to. I don't want to have to fix this before the next fucking match. Like <laughs> yeah, I really want yeah. the less stress. I want to be able to go back and make a better robot. I'd rather lose right now. <laughs> I do Oi. recall that there were some occasions where the robot that won had to then withdraw. From the next round because they couldn't. Fix oh it. yes, so that's true. That yeah, couldn't. that's a forfeit, didn't they? Which is fair if enough, gets, right? If it goes down to the wire and it's on a judge's decision, or you get fucked I mean, up and then get lucky. Bloody hell! 
Oh, hello. And they still fucking... They're not fucking... They're not going down, are they? The, the spinner's fucked. Yeah, they're not going down without a fight. Fucking hell. Yeah, but so much damage has been done. Oh, and the spinner isn't fucked. Yeah, it? if it gets to the <laughs> judges... Yeah, it's gone to the judges, but there's only one winner. Yeah. <laughs> There was a little fight back at the end. Of they the had yeah. they had their moment at the end. They can take that yeah. one home with them. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were there or thereabouts, in the words of Steve Bruce. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> this looks really. Yeah. Tough. As soon as as soon as oh, that God. first hit is made, then there's only one oh. winner because. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like a can yeah. opener. Hey, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thing deserve up. credit for lasting. Yeah. Yeah, making it go the distance. Yeah. But I'm going to make sure they're not going to screw God easy. It's not close, Jonathan. Don't lie. I mean, you, Greg fucked up that review. You really it? fucked that up. <laughs> Dramatic. <laughs> based on, based on the destructive the power of Hypnodisc, <laughs> it's Hypnodisc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Based on not getting completely fucked over <laughs> by hypnotisk. <laughs> I was calling the phrase fucked open by hypnotisk. <laughs> open. So after getting fucked open by hypnotisk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ruined. This is the end. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because See, it feels like no... we're finished. We need to watch the final now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's see. Maybe pop just... into mind. Yeah. Although, yeah, we know who wins. <laughs> I think our memory of Hypnodisc getting screwed over at some point is possibly this final, is it? There's the one that I remember. Um, I can't remember who it was against, but it was someone with an axe. And they managed to get the axe into Hypnodisc, into the disc itself, uh, while it was still spinning. And the and the disc took the axe round and wiped out the motor. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, they, they hoist by their own petard. Oh, Hold yeah. on, that's the rhyme. He rhymed wars with applause, ladies and gentlemen. That's applause. a good one. rhyme. <laughs> oh, Christ, I can't read those critics. <laughs> They're way too fast. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe this is one of the reasons why the uh, credit standardization came in a few years later. <laughs> to be fair, this is a YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say the frame rate's all over the fucking place, isn't it? Yeah. Um, using... Oh, Julian, Julian Fuller Love. Julian just Fuller Love Associates. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Fuller Love. The house robots, was that BBC Viz Effects? That's what it said, yes. yeah. Yeah. Or beans. Oh, hello. Oh, little preview. preview of the final before we go in. Stinger. Stinger. Pussycat. Pussycat. That's good. It was Pussycat that beat Hypnodisc. It really? It was Pussycat that beat Hypnodisc. Yeah. Oh, man, it's Chaos, it's Chaos 2. Chaos 2 Pussycat final. Fucking hell. There we go. Oh. Pussycat looked good. Building robots is dangerous and should not be attempted without being <laughs> care. To build a robot, you must first join the Robot Wars Club. Please send a self-addressed envelope to... That, yeah, like, you could you could build a robot without joining the Robot Wars Club. Like, I mean, you could. In theory. If you want to under, die. Under British law, you are allowed to build a robot <laughs> without being in the Robot Wars Club. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, oh, the grand finals have started on the... Uh, thing. I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I had to close the window, otherwise oh. I'd be stuck here all day. Well, 
for anyone who wants to crack on, if you, we give you permission to pause this dwarf cast now and watch the final, <laughs> and then come back. You can only watch. You can only watch the grand final if you join the Robot Wars Club. Still, <laughs> still gets the blood pumping, doesn't it? It re- honestly, I get. I, I, I was like. I was like, oh, I remember, I remember liking Robot Wars. It was, it's good. And then I started yeah. watching it. I was like, I really fucking oh, yeah. realised why I, I really like this show. <laughs> I was, was obsessed so with this cool. show. I remember now. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever, I, I don't think I ever, ever got the bug to build a robot. But I remember, no. like, I just remember that whole thing of just like, it must cost an absolute fortune would, to do it. You know, in excess well. of like, you know, between five and two grand. So five five hundred pounds. Maybe, maybe, grand, maybe even more. Like you know, how much how much did scooters cost? You know, in in the eighties. You know, but they have to be kind of like production ready. So they have to be sort of. They're not. They're not built to be destroyed. Well, uh, they're yeah, kind well, of built to be destroyed. Which way would it be go, destroyed, then, but, yeah. yeah, you can understand where like someone looking at that, looking at their robot getting destroyed, going, "No, oh, that's three grand down the pan." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I always wonder. It, I think yeah, it's it's whether the cost of building the robot is worth the fun that you had <laughs> by being there. Yeah, if you if there's probably a tipping point where it's like yeah, it costs too much. I wonder if they ever got any stipends or anything from the BBC, like some sort of fee for participating that would help them actually build it. Well, I mean licensing for like the toys and stuff because I know the Hypno Disc was made into a toy so they must have at least yeah. like got the, the license for the actual the image rights and all that kind of stuff so yeah I'm sure there's somebody came back to him at some point and I think even some of the old roboteers ended up controlling the house robots eventually right sure that happened like some of them <laughs> sort of like when... progressing to the behind the scenes stuff yeah that would make sense because there's a huge amount of talent you know engineers yeah. and uh, robotics experts mm-hmm. etc yeah, that's kind of like the equivalent of Eunice Huthart becoming a gladiator in the later series. Yeah, it was so good that they had to bring her on board. You're always having wrestling. You know how you had the fodder in like WWF wrestling, like they, mm. they, they were the equivalent of the unseeded robots, I guess. And there was there was one called the Kid, and I remember one storyline where he just out of fucking nowhere beat ultimate warrior or something like that and so he was immediately became professional like he was signed you know and everything the whole the yeah. whole, whole storyline and thinking about that I, I wasn't that fussed about wrestling by by the late 90s but robert was was my wrestling because like it had all the storylines and everything oh yeah um, but there was real damage done. yeah and real damage yeah um but i mean there are real damage to wrestlers but only not intentionally yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the same way, there was almost damage done to Jeremy Clarkson while filming. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough Not damage. Enough damage yeah. Right, so with the commentary over, it's time to move on to the second section of the podcast. People like Moonlight, Jason Smedley, and Nikki Hutchinson have all submitted questions for Waffle Men. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. An extraordinary amount of waffles have been submitted, like... The secret is don't, <laughs> don't talk, talk about Red Dwarf. Yeah, you don't talk about Red Dwarf. <laughs> Everyone's fucking sick of Red Dwarf. Everyone just jumps straight in on this, and I think there's obviously a big cross section <laughs> of oh, yeah. Red Dwarf fans and Robot Wars fans. Like anyone that was a bit of a nerd and around in the late nineties and was a teenager was, was in the a late fan 90s is going to know about of both Red Dwarf and Robot Wars. Big time. So yeah, unsurprisingly, this is. Like awakened an interest in a lot of people. <laughs> so we'll try and get through as many as we can. 
Dave asks, is Sergeant Bash the Robot Wars analogue for Rimmer, given his continuing lack of promotion to the officer class despite his many years of long service? Or would Lieutenant Bash just sound silly? I feel like a really good sergeant is, is one of those people that you would never want to lose as a sergeant. You know, I, I can imagine that, that being a blocker for a lot. Uh, you know, you, they're so good at their job, you just want to keep them there. You get people st- stuck like that, don't you? Like right yeah. in the middle. They're definitely management class but you know they're, they're best kept on the front lines um that's sergeant bash although i don't really like and also sergeant you bash can't much. you can't have naked flames in the officers quarters so. <laughs> so you're not allowed naked flames on the forecourt <laughs> dave also says is it wrong that i now mainly remember robot wars from the spaced episode about it rather than the show itself i hadn't considered that before thank you dave uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because the space is very much like that kind of era where Robot Wars was very popular. Yeah. And so an episode about Robot Wars involving actual robots from the show and all that stuff and kind there of were. Like completely getting the, you know, the. the I mean, isn't it close it? to contemporary with this? If this series was, let's say, 2001 or two? Let's not say, let's use the internet. I did just try and it was actually surprisingly <laughs> difficult. Uh, so I gave up. <laughs> uh, the episode is, is 2001. And this series was 2000 slash 2001. Right, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much the very right. height of both. <laughs> I can see why, because um, what that space episode did is is like a time capsule of the early two thousands, a show that draws so much from popular culture, but usually kind of nostalgic popular culture or earlier things like referencing back to movies from the eighties and nineties or whatever. But yeah, it captured something that was current and preserved it basically and so yeah whilst the program robot wars has disappeared and indeed obviously space isn't made anymore but it's such a perfect well-remembered show that it's uh it lives on and it, it still gets watched today and yeah it's, it's managed to capture the zeitgeist of it i feel like it's one of the first times that something genuinely geeky and kind of subculture was was referenced and used affectionately by like a cool sitcom mm. like do you know what I mean? Like that combination of geeky stuff crossing over into the mainstream or crossing over into wide appeal. Rather than it being like a sneering kind of... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like a few years like earlier, a... it could well have been sneering. I mean, sometimes yeah. Robot Wars was sneering at itself. You know, early, if you go early earlier on enough, I guess, you know, yeah. just the, the odd little jokes here and there. Um, whereas, you know, Space just did that episode out of genuine love for it, yeah. Whereas, there's also a Robot Wars episode of Phoenix Nights. Well, not a full episode, but there was a one of the events that was held in the Phoenix Club was a little Robot Wars tournament, and they very much were looking down on, uh, oh, right. okay. <laughs> on the robot ears. Now, is that an age thing? Is that sort of like the people who'd run a... Um, like, people who were 20-somethings would see Robot Wars as cool, whether someone who's running a, a, a working men's club would be... Mm. kind of, yeah. of that age where it's just like what the fuck is this thing in character yes it makes sense but the show itself was taking the piss out right. of the robot series <clears throat> by making them all nerdy and specky and spotty and etc to be fair space did that as well a little bit but then but like tim is the the closest thing that space has to a cool character yeah. Yeah. he was he is the quintessential like cool it. geek that just is it? Yeah, the, the, he's, yeah. He's exactly Simon Pegg's life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the fact that everyone's fucking like topless in an abunker, and just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the second rule is no smoking. <laughs> <laughs> 
versus Metallicock. There's <laughs> a war bastard as well. War I bastard. I was gonna wa- I was gonna rewatch this in preparation actually, but I forgot. Yeah, if only there was a red dwarf connection in space. Hang on. There must be someone. Oh, I'm sure. Kevin Eldon. Did they use the same <laughs> shop? Uh, the same comic shop. Oh yeah. There is a connection there. There is definitely um, something. The, the comp- no, it's the company that owned the, the spaced comic shop. They moved to another place that then became the Red Dwarf location for that or something. So it's like the it. same, yeah, it's, it's the, same... the same shop but in a different location. Right, yeah. right, right, right. That was okay, close enough. <laughs> That'll was... do. That's it's enough, a bit right. like how that, that house near near our house here, like that was the open all hours shop for the pilot. But that's that's close <laughs> yeah. enough. It's close and, enough. And it's been completely redone and looks completely, and completely down, but it is still down, the same. Yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of people talking down, we were talking about how Craig was like sympathetic towards the thing, but Obviously, off camera, there's a. This was when sort of Craig, yeah. when he was ever sort of like interviewed for another show that wasn't to do with the show itself. There was always this kind of like a, an attitude to you know. A C- couple of um, years before celebrities disfigured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Space Worm Jim says there's uh, there's that bit in the hundred greatest sitcoms, or maybe it's Comedy Connections, I forget which. But Craig says something along the lines of seventy million views every week. They can't all be anoraks, can they? So it's like mm. all these little things where just every now and then there'd be a little. Every time Craig Charles has ever been interviewed on TV, there'd all just be this that little little twisting of the knife. <laughs> Craig Charles is a self-loathing geek. That's my theory. I think I think was as well. Yeah, I think was. he's not oh absolutely that's not true anymore. Like yeah. that's definitely yeah. not the case anymore. He's definitely he's definitely he's out. definitely a massive nerd that didn't want to appear that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and was yeah, and made a point like as a poet in like the circuits that he. he came up on he still was clinging onto the attitude of being cool and above everything sure. but he still he manages to combine now he he is that he is cool and trendy and knowledgeable on six music he's the epitome of a smooth dj whilst no longer having the sneery attitude to the geekier yeah. things he's found his niche but past craig makes a good point though that robert wars was fucking popular yeah yeah like it was seven or eight million viewers on bbc2 and the only other show on bbc2 that was doing similar numbers was red dwarf that was it i think that's what he said he said yeah i think it was comedy connections actually because it remember looking about like the the number two show was Mm. robert was and the number one show was red dwarf it was like yeah there was some weeks because i remember looking at looking at the when the listings used to be in the back of the ratings rather used to be in the back of the radio times for two weeks ago I remember looking <laughs> looking them up every week, and there were a few occasions where Robert was beat Red Dwarf. It was series eight of Red Dwarf versus series two of Robot Wars, I think. Oh, it's weird those two. It's weird because even my brain just thinks they they never happened concurrently. But obviously, he'd finished mm. shooting Red Dwarf and then went on shoot. Well, one of our waffles, um, Chris Wilcox Jones, mentioned on Twitter. Uh, a Red Dwarf and Robot Wars connection that some might not know is that our own Holly, Norman Lovett, was the voice on the very first TV advert for Robot Wars in the UK. I remember that. Uh, link in the show notes. Uh, but also, I do remember that because I had that advert on my tape of um, Red Dwarf Night. Um, oh, yeah. Taped off the oh, telly. Because wow. that advert was used during one of the breaks in uh, in Red Dwarf Night. And I think Robot Wars was about to start 
the following week or a, yes. you know, a week or two after. Yes. And I remember saying, oh, Norman, love it, doing a thing. And little did we know that there would be a much bigger Red Dwarf connection <laughs> in the, <laughs> the following series. Because yeah. I thought it was, like, from the very opening frames, I thought it was something Red Dwarfy. So I didn't, because I, I was pausing as I was watching to cut out the trailers, which I would never do these days because the trailers are the most interesting thing about that whole thing so Red Dwarf and Robot Wars did overlap for a glorious two years (laughs) I say glorious (laughs) it's it's one show on the rise and one very much on the decline but not in the popular terms no and so yeah that was it series 8 when it started was getting 8 million viewers Robot Wars was probably getting 7 and then as the, as the course of Series 8 went on, it dropped down a few, and Robot Wars went up a few. And so by the end of Series 8, Robot Wars was the top show on BBC Two, yeah, and yeah. Red Dwarf was second. was not a show on BBC Two. <laughs> soon, <laughs> soon after. after. <laughs> I watched Red Dwarf once, but it died soon after. <laughs> Twice. Sometimes you live, die, live again, and then die again due to legal reckoning. <laughs> Uh, it's not funny. <laughs> Genuel has a few waffly comments for us, a few waffly questions. Do you think they should have kept the other kinds of rounds from the first series of Robot Wars? I think they had to do a race and an obstacle course in addition to just fighting. Mm. I quite liked these more rounded tests of the robot's abilities, but I have to admit it probably wasn't as exciting. Yet. I quite enjoyed the obstacle course one, because that was one where they had like a seesaw they had to get over yeah. and knock over the yeah. balls and stuff. It was like it was, there was, it was a test of agility. Roots there was three routes that they could choose to take and various obstacles on each one, including the Sentinel, which is a I do miss big fucking arm that oh, went across and back. Oh, fuck, yeah. I do miss the round where they had to bring in their robots for, like, a perfect landing. And, <laughs> and, and the one where they had to take the robots apart and put them back together again. Um, but... Really, it's all about the fucking fighting, isn't it? I mean, I really enjoyed those rounds. It was series one and two both had those rounds, and series three was the first one that was all just pure fighting. And I wasn't quite as into series three as I was two. Um, and I think they just it just seems like too much fucking fighting, <laughs> like it needed a bit of variation. And then they hit the balance right with series four, which we didn't see today because it was a semi final and it was all just fucking fighting. But throughout series four, the main competition was all proper battles, but they had the trial rounds as sort of uh, side competitions. So in each episode, there'd be a couple of little bits where they'd break from the main action and say, here's what happened in the pinball competition or whatever, or the sumo. Because, uh, yeah, that format of the first two series was the big obstacle course was the first round, and one robot would be eliminated. Then there was the trial round, and that was different games like robot football, sumo, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tug of war <laughs> versus the house robots. And that was like a time trial thing or, you know, racking up the most points or racking up the longest time. I'd forgotten about them. Yeah, I really enjoyed them and I liked the more varied aspects of the show, but I think the reason that they were dropped and they were probably right to be dropped is because they were so much reliant on luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, more so. Like, they were, in theory, they were a test of various different abilities of the robot. But you had so many good robots that it was just like got a brick stuck under them at the start of the uh, obstacle course and therefore were eliminated in round one and we never actually got to see them fight at all. Yeah. And I think, yeah, ditching those rounds and having them as side competitions meant that the Roboteers could specialise in 
smashing the fuck out of things <laughs> because like hypno disc might have struggled to get through a obstacle course or because it was quite light it might if it Very came if up against shunt on the sumo in the second round it could have easily got eliminated there because shunt could have just yeah. fucked it straight off yeah, yeah. yeah you can't uh, have an all you can't have everyone building all rounder robots because that would be boring i was just thinking i just literally had this memory now of there was a program it was almost like robot olympics and it was yeah they had like these robots that could jump ridiculous distances by like pneumatics and all this kind of stuff and i can't remember what the hell it was called i'm sorry he's gonna find Normally, it but okay. i know exactly yeah. what you mean uh but it was it like was... Cause I, originally because when you started selling about obstacle course i was like oh maybe like a ninja warrior kind of thing with robots would be quite a cool like it's sort of like an endurance test or you know something that allows you to you know deal with traction and deal with like all these other sort of facets of, of maneuverability and I was like, hang on, there was a fucking thing that was like the best one that could like jump like a flea. I remember it being fucking brilliant. It was Techno Games. Oh, that's it. That ran for four series uh, between 2000 and 2003. It was an official spin-off from Robot Wars. Oh. In that it was made by the same company. Oh, okay. Uh, it had... Uh, Noel Sharkey was the judge. <laughs> of course. It had um, it had Julia Reed and uh, Philippa Forrester at various points. Right. Uh, but the main presenter was Ulrika Johnson and later ah. Jay Middleton. And the commentator was Barry Davis. And I don't think I really gave this a chance, but I, I want to see robots commentated by Barry Davis. Yes, I was going to say. Talk about an upgrade in football commentator. <laughs> I remember really enjoying that. Because it was such a different thing. It was more like a very specific task that these robots could do. And they were built to that kind of extreme. That's cool. It's kind of like the 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 problem with Gelfs in the Olympic Games in the Red Dwarf novels, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it, it's like the. Um, that wasn't there a, a robot that was wasn't discovered. It was basically just it was just like a ball, so it just couldn't be. <laughs> like it's it's like the thing. Like oh no, that's it. No, they made they made their robot wider than the pit, so they couldn't be put in the pit. <laughs> 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 You have to have wheels everywhere. What you, what you need is a, a robot that just kind of like almost has like an um, an, an air bubble, about, like a, a, a crash, like a zorb. Yeah, yeah, like a zorb just goes <laughs> like that. Just when it's when it's under attack, and it can just like kind of, and, and then it goes back again. Oh, what's the what's the fish? What's the fish? The blowfish. Fish. That's a really good idea for. A, the thing is now, I mean, obviously, we've now seen what robot was looks like with like. But like even like AI, you can have a miniature like version of Robot Wars, like like few inches, and, and all the robots are three D printed. In one of the Robot Wars, there was like a micro bot challenge where there were oh, yeah, the tie- right, cool. it was like a little mini version of the arena. It was so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute because they move so much faster as well, and their little Fly spinning went. their little spinning things are like you know we're talking like like ten thousand RPM rather like the than little just, noise. <laughs> yeah. And every time they touched it, it was just like a little just like little just every time it touched it, it just kinda of whipped them around and just like threw them out of the arena. It was amazing. Like shooting that shit in slow motion would have looked amazing. <laughs> right, I think we've covered that one. Yeah. <clears throat> We're making good time, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Another one from uh Genual is Shremek that they came up with for self-writing mechanism the worst abbreviation the world has ever known? Sounds like something Doug would casually drop into a book. It, zero. it must be a nice thing, isn't it? Like, it's it definitely Shremek. Shremek. I do remember. Do you remember what the first ever Shremek was? Because um, I was thinking, because I was, I was thinking, because there was not one in the first series, because that was when they realised that Shremek were needed. Yeah, and then the second series when they brought. I mean, Razor technically was. had a shriek. Yeah, it was Cassius. Cassius, which was the second robot built by Rex Garrod, 
who entered the first series with Recyclops, which was entirely made from recycled material. Oh. Entered the second series with Cassius and was just the best fucking robot of the series. It had a flipper and uh, it was basically like a proto-Chaos 2. Oh, was, shit, I was going to yes. say, that, that Shreemek was really kind of... It was a little bit YOLO, wasn't it? Like, it would flip yeah. him back and he might yeah. end up back on his back. Yeah. But <laughs> it was really powerful, wasn't it? It had, like, sort of yeah. maybe two or three good flips in it, though, before it kind of run out of gas, basically. Yeah. It first used it in one of the side missions... Side missions? <laughs> side, <laughs> side events. <laughs> in the pinball... Because the pinball was around where it was like various pinball themed <laughs> things, like you had to smash through this part of bricks for fifty points and hit this buzzer, for, hit this bumper for twenty points or whatever. Yeah. It racked up a score, and then towards the end, it flipped itself over. And bear in mind, this was in the semi-final, I think, and there had been zero self rights before that throughout the entire competition. If you were on your side and on your back, that was it; it was game yeah. over. And so I remember, like. Obviously, in retrospect, fake, because I'm sure Jonathan Pierce watches the fights before he records the commentary, but <laughs> it was like, oh no, that's a great shame for Cassius. Has he whipped up enough points to make it through? Oh my god! <laughs> and just all of a sudden, just Amazing. flipped out of nowhere. Like, he was dead as far as we were concerned, and then it flew balletically through the air <laughs> like a and phoenix. landed on its feet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and Jonathan I Pierce also. Absolutely <laughs> lost my shit. <laughs> and and then that was the game changer. This because is it why it's that, wrestling. Like, this is our wrestling. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it went from series three onwards. That was the thing that every robot has to have a Shremek because that was, yeah. without one, you were defenseless. Because, yeah, it's, it's mad to think that all it took was to be nudged onto your back and that was game over. Like tortoise. That's when everything started to have like angled sides and stuff so it couldn't be tipped on its side. It always fall back onto one side or the other. Mm. And then people yeah. would make those robots that could be could work either way like we were saying in the commentary that you know that, like i just oh, think that yeah that really, what was that really blows my head up when it's like when a, a, a robot falls over the other way it's like oh now i've got to flip my controller and it just carries on what was the original one <laughs> that could do that was it tornado the, it was transparent tornado. wasn't it yeah. yeah yeah tornado might be the one with the big the big cage around it that couldn't be put in the pit with that in mind the fact that it had such an explosive kind of entrance onto our screens i think shremek I think the mechanism deserves its own name, and Shremex is as good as any. So I, I would see. say, I would say it's actually great. It works better, yeah. Uh, SRM better than is, CPZ, yeah. which is which always used to CPZ. But he used to say CPZ, and he used to always say what it is because people wouldn't <laughs> yeah. know what the fucking CPZ was. <laughs> yeah, I was just made his way to the CPZ, the corner patrol zone. Say what the fuck? Ah, but before the first two series had a PPZ, perimeter patrol zone. Oh, was it actually like yeah. a hole around the outside? The that was like you couldn't go into yeah, the yeah. edges of it. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, which meant it was a lot easier for someone to just stray into "we can fuck you up" territory. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, Rex Garrod of Cassius and Recyclops fame also famously designed and built another robot uh, on television. Does anyone know? Is it a scutter? No. Is it Robbie the it's... robot? It is Brum. No! Oh, okay. Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, that is really cool. Oh, my God. My, my nostalgic brain just exploded. <laughs> oh, man. I love Brum. It is the finest art to come out in my home city. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Black Sabbath. And Noddy Holder. In retrospect, that was quite a statement. 
But yes, it's not a great, it's not a great abbreviation. I like it anyway. I, I like it because it is slightly tortured, but it's following the rules. It's not, it's not randomly adding in letters that don't exist in any of the words. No, it's, which it's a word do. that makes another word make yeah. sense when you say it because yeah. SRM sounds yeah. weird, but yeah. I like it. it. Just, I like it. it. It scans better. So I think you are genuine wrong there. Yeah, it should be it should be Shrimek, but it was always pronounced Shrimek. It should be Shrimek. Mm. Right, right. Anyway, Sai asks, Clarkson or O'Brien? <laughs> do you think it would have had the same popularity without Craig? How much influence do you think that had on the show's success? How well or not do you think the new series went? So that's several questions in one. Let's um, let's talk about the new series a bit. Yeah, let's not let's not answer Clarkson or O'Brien because that, <laughs> Never wins that is not a, well, not really. I mean, the answer to that is so blindingly obvious to anyone yes. with half a half a taste, but half a taste, <laughs> half a taste. It's very weird. The sort of the like we are going to talk about it now anyway because I'm going to go. But obviously, like like Jeremy Clarkson was picked because it was sort of motors and and cars and that kind of you know yeah, that yeah. kind of. But O'Brien was. Because it was more like a technological kind of STEM thing, yeah, you know, yeah. it was more sort of like geared. Like, wait, so it's weird how that show's kind of evolved over time. Like, it they sort of not its core audience, but sort of like its its mo and it's yeah. kind of like what it's trying to, to what it's trying to achieve. They're very much like the O'Brien era was more like um, like people who wanted to get into robotics and get into uh, mechanics and engineering was kind of anyone anyone could do this. Whereas with the earlier series, it always felt like as if it's like if you've got five grand and someone who has a welding kit, then you know what I mean. You can. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was the preserve of middle-aged men. The original series, which you know, not not the fault of the original series, but it just no, was. That's just that what was it was. That's, that was yeah. But I think the new series made a conscious effort to be more inclusive with that kind of thing and, and to showcase. Full disclosure, right, when we're talking about the new series, I think it's only fair to point out to our listeners. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the series producer of the new series is um, my best non-Red Dwarf friend, um, Henry, who actually we've talked about before because he is the face of Michael Magruder on, um, the Red, on the Red Dwarf wiki. <laughs> so he is Red Dwarf related, in fact. Um, so yeah, my, one of my best friends is the series producer. I also know the executive producer and one of the other producers. Technically, I worked on it a tiny, tiny bit in that I set up their Twitter account for them, and that was about it. And uh, he, he used to fuck one of their robots. All of as them. Well. <laughs> All of the robots. <laughs> one after the other, corner to corner. <laughs> CPZ to CPZ. <laughs> Fucking hell, we're such nerds, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I watched the new series just long enough to go, oh my god, that's Henry saying <laughs> saying the names of the robots, and then um, I kind of forgot to watch anymore after that. <laughs> well, yeah, it means that you can take into account any potential biases with my opinions, and also that I know a little bit about the behind-the-scenes stuff. And there was an element in the commissioning of it as... They, it fell into into the remit of um, STEM programming, like oh, science related okay. programming, which is why on the first of the new series they also had little segments within it of talking about the latest innovations in robotics or AI or whatever it might be as a kind of like newsy bit. Okay. 
because that was its remit is that it had to be partly educational and that's how it got commissioned. Fuck all wrong with that. Good good public no, service it program. It did hold up the flow of the show a little bit yeah, in the first I, the, series. Yeah. And for anyone who is watching it who didn't know that those segments were there as as part of the remit <laughs> that you know enabled the show to get commissioned in the first place, felt that it was filler and padding, mm. which I can understand why people would have come to that conclusion. On the subject of Clarkson or O'Brien, and it's obviously Clark. Uh, it's, no, it's obviously O'Brien that you take because Jeremy Clarkson is a terrible cunt. However, I do not like Dara O'Brien's presenting of the show because he falls under the same category as Jeremy Clarkson of slightly sneering, like not as badly, but he does. It it seems like he, he comes across like he feels he's above it all, and that it's an amusing little thing. Bit of a Richard Ayoade of um, Crystal Maze. Yeah. Whereas Angela Scanlon was great, I thought. I thought two interesting things about it. One was that they weren't... The male presenter does all the stuff in front of the arena and the female presenter is the pit reporter. They both shared those duties. Yeah. Which meant that, like... Because I was just looking up something else on the Robot Wars Wikipedia page and it, it described... Dara O'Brien is the main presenter of the new series, and he wasn't. They were no, co-presenters because yeah, they both shared the duties. There wasn't, and that was very deliberate as well because, like, women should be allowed yeah, to be involved in things. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- yeah, I thought Angela Scanlon was great because she was the Craig Charles style of genuinely appearing to be genuinely excited and enthused by everything that was going on yeah, and that's really vital getting into as well, isn't it? you need yeah. A, yeah. a presenter that's bought into the whole thing that's as ex- that is the audience proxy um or that is taking and not just standing there going <laughs> is that when he broke and they had to fix him for that <laughs> well you've got you've got two hours until the next round you have to fix your dara <laughs> 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 and the other part of Sai's question was whether the show would have been as popular without Craig and how much influence Craig had on the show's success. I don't know. I'd never really thought mm, about it like that. Chicken or egg, isn't it? Yeah. Craig is and was a big name and was on telly a lot in the 90s. <laughs> but I don't, in a way, I don't think he was responsible for the success. I think it would have had it... I think he helped. I don't think it was his star power that made it a success. No. I think it was his quality as a presenter that made that helped was one of the many factors that made it a success yeah it wasn't because he was in red dwarf yeah the improvements between series one and two were manifold and one of them one of the biggest ones was the change of presenter made it a better show but also the quality of the robots that were competing made it a better show the addition of sir kill a lot made it a better show i think from that point it's such a strong premise and it's such a Mm. (laughs) it's such an intriguing and gripping premise and a great format that it was always going to be a success mm. as long as they made all the correct decisions along the way yeah it's a great and, many things uh, rather than one specific thing that made it better. yeah, yeah. Mm. it must be such yeah. a cunt of a program to make as well and like the fact that in those kind of those first four or five series that there was this steady upward progression of of the productions just making the correct decisions and, and eventually get it obviously like removing the side things and series three being a bit weaker as a result is one thing but then correcting it and finding the perfect formula and just constantly mm. making this like a show that must be one of the more difficult types of shows to make that good and that tight is yeah. incredibly impressive so it's it's you know craig helped like craig was a great public face but the quality of the show that was being made behind him is 
like yeah. undeniably the reason why it was so massive. Okay, we've got a few um <laughs> we've got a few proposed hypothetical fights that people have submitted. Real shit now, real <laughs> shit. A few are through these. <laughs> There's a few that are sort of connected a little bit, so I'll I'll try and go through them in a sensible order. So Moonlight uh, said, how many seconds would a scutter last before getting absolutely wasted? <laughs> now, secondly, same question, but let's assume the scutter can operate a firearm or at the worst some sort of sling with which to pelt rocks. Okay, well, the scutter can can operate a firearm. That is canonical. Yeah, we, uh, operate, we say operate. Moonlight does say, never mind, I think he can hold a gun. Hold, I didn't say use. <laughs> now, doesn't it fire? Doesn't he fire, fire the blank? Uh, you hear no. a firing noise. But... It's yeah. a cap gun. Yeah. It's like the it's equivalent of like a kid going still around. Got bang, 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 bang. Still got all the same mechanisms. Just give him a it real might, gun. It's, in, it's the future, so it might be some sort of <laughs> t- like light activated. And a similar um, question, so let's combine the two. Flapjack, if you had to draft a scutter into the Robot Wars, what modifications would you make it to give it the best chance of survival? Hover. So, I'd make it hover. I think the neck, the neck would need to kind of like, <laughs> like, flatten out closer to the floor, and then there'd, yeah. be, there'd, there'd be like a, there'd be a pivot, and it would just spin around like a helicopter blade. Anything that got near it, <laughs> the the scutter head would just that's kind of stinger. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that that's what stinger, I do. Stinger, but more of an articulated base. Yeah, and maybe a little bit more horrific to view to to watch as, as this neck <laughs> kind of buckles over and then. <laughs> Yeah. The neck is, neck would clearly be a key part, yeah, because that could be a shri neck. Shri neck, because <laughs> you could even have like on the little on the on the head of the claw, you could have had like a little uh, oh, yeah. like drills. Pizza. I was thinking drills, put drills in the in the claws and have that arc down into whatever it is. So basically, in the same way, dead metal does it, but the scutter's yeah. got a bit like the in its neck in Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just teeth in there. <laughs> just, yeah, terrifying. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a nightmare about this fucking scutter now. Actually, in order to compete in the series of Robot Wars, the main modifications you'd have to make was to make it a hell of a lot smaller and lighter because it would clearly exceed the uh, specifications. You've got to improve, as laid down by the Robot Wars Club. <laughs> what was the What was the kind of What was the specification? Can you remember, like, what was the kind of weight limit? Is like twenty five? I don't know, and it's undoubtedly online. But yeah, Half that was the main like. There was <laughs> rules on weight and size. There was rules on weapons and what you can and can't have. No projectile weapons, I think, was the main one I remember. Because otherwise uh, you just yeah. attach some sort of gun. To I was going to say, there'd be like like arrows flying into audiences' faces. Okay, so I've just found uh, the maximum weight limit allowed is 110 kilos. But we don't know how heavy the scutters are. How heavy was the scutter? I don't think it was a hundred. I don't. I, I. I don't remember it being a hundred kilos. I mean, so I think Jeff find out. Have to fit, <laughs> yeah, go on, Just lift it up and give us an estimate. Um, <laughs> he, it, it, you'd have to fix the controls as well. The controls are a shambles. It'd have yeah. to have like it'd have to have more articulation. Like its its neck would have mm. to turn. More than just be able to fold, it should be yeah, able to turn. Uh, exactly, because they wouldn't be able to rely on a man in a glove this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not allowed. Well, you could do that. <laughs> just have a bloke running on. Yeah, that'd be so be <laughs> I mean, I would, I would love to see like a comic relief special where we see robots from other shows competing in the Robot Wars <laughs> tournament. I mean, I'm all over that. A comic relief special where you have all of the house robots and all of the best robots from the show's history in a ring, and then you send in Jeremy Clarkson, uh, Peter Kay. Peter Kay, because of previous Red Nose Day atrocities, 
uh, Jeremy oh, Clarkson because of Jeremy Clarkson. Anyone else? Great, uh, no, it's I don't Durant, think Jeremy, Jeremy Clarkson there. would be within spitting distance of a robot, considering how much he nearly died. Uh, he would be <laughs> captured. He would not have a choice. Um, and then basically just see what happens. Reparations for punching a producer in the face. Okay, yep. let's have more hypothetical fights. Yes. <laughs> or would we? Dave, awful? there's a good one here. <laughs> Dave, Snacky versus Crichton. Who? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've got a problem with Crichton. Well, Crichton can harm other robots, right? Well, uh, you just say you could... going to go down a similar line to this. Mm. It's often made note of that cheaper robots have less technology in them, therefore they are less restricted. I think Snacky doesn't have any inhibition circuits. So, I mean, Snacky, yeah, Snacky was made of Milton Keynes, yeah. so, you know. Milton Keynes, <laughs> so he's, he's going to gr- be angry. He's grown up on the streets, <laughs> you know. He Fuck has been through some shit. He's been through some shit. He, he once got lost in the roundabout system for five months straight. Didn't know where the fuck he was. <laughs> yeah. He's scarred. Yeah, you have to... Like, there's two versions of this question, one with and without the personalities of the characters, because Crichton <laughs> yeah. wouldn't fight. <laughs> uh, that's true. Although he does fight Lister. I was going to say, we have technically seen Robot Wars in Red Dwarf, yeah. technically speaking. <laughs> in bloody Siliconia. Only with mops. I mean, that's probably what it is, right? He just basically just floods the engine and just kills it. Well, so. Sna- Snacky loses on mobility, but he's, yeah. he's got a good, solid centre of gravity. I just like the idea of him walking up to a robot and trying yeah. to clean it and just it destroys it that way. <laughs> just immobilises yeah. it by filling it full of soap like water. The, uh, <laughs> like the computer of the Nova 5. Exactly. He's <laughs> got four. Crichton versus a spaceship. <laughs> well, as well, while Crichton's got hands, Snacky's got like actual yeah. could be used yeah. defensively. Also, Snacky has the ability to completely turn himself invisible for large periods of time. <laughs> disappear. Yeah, he's got stealth. And then turn up behind him. Yeah. yeah. Crichton has detachable parts that um, are mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Gemini, independently. So he he's a cluster bot. <laughs> he could have a, he could, he could have a chainsaw for his groinal attachment. Probably. I mean, no, yeah, right. yeah. Groinal attachments could be the key. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. you did have robots on Robot Wars that had interchangeable weapons. So, like for each individual fight, they'd swap out oh, like yeah. an axe for a blade or whatever. Oh, I love the idea of a little, the little hand with the eyeball, just like getting into <laughs> one of the robots and start pulling all the fucking wires out. Yeah, just... he could do that. <laughs> just goes in, just put, put just you know turns the on switch, just switches it off. It would be, <laughs> it would be a close yeah. thing. It would be a close run thing. Great has the ability to just find Snacky's off switch <laughs> and use his hand. <laughs> Does he have the ethic? Like, I don't think ethically he could do that. I no, no, he can turn he can turn the robot machine. off. He's just he's not killing it. He's just stopping its operation temporarily. If I mean, it was if it was endangering the life of the crew, he could do it. Uh, Whether he could do it for a TV competition, I don't yeah, know. That's a difficult, difficult uh, if he had his. Programming redone by Kill Crazy or whatever the fuck it was for Crazy. So TV, Kill Crazy's do presenting, doing his yeah. rhymes. Oh god! <laughs> oh man! If there's only they did Robot Wars instead of route. fucking Beatles about for Crazy TV, that would have been so much better. <laughs> so anyway, if let's only. take let, let, let's just change the subject a minute and let's talk about the merits of Series Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Scooter versus Scooter. I'd watch that. Filth. Yeah, it'd be a bit of a dead heat. I'd thought. It's about who gets their neck up to speed first. Get your neck up to speed, will you? Get your neck up to speed. (laughs) Sort yourself out. Get your neck up to speed. (laughs) (laughs) So, a hypothetical battle royale. Oh, yeah, go on. uh, Suggested by Empire. A scutter, spearhead three, 
Dispenser 23 or the damn nanobots. <laughs> well, the nanobots would be problematic because they'd be able to reconfigure anything, so... Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They'd be they able to turn anything turn, into a turn planet all and the other immediately <laughs> win. <laughs> if, yeah, turn, turn everything else into a planet and they're disqualified for breaking the weight limit. But... <laughs> With no, no, it'd be, it'd be still, it'd still weigh 125 kilo. It would just be massive and there's lots of gaps between. <laughs> Great big. The nanobot's problem would be that under the rules of Robot Wars, uh, when you have a cluster bot, which is what the nanobots would be, only one part of it has to be immobilised or eliminated uh, in order for the whole thing to be eliminated. Oh. So if one, one tiny microscopic nanobot out of the millions that are present ends up, you know, making its way into the pit of oblivion then the whole thing's out well the nanobots would have to be smart then and, and form a single organism yeah just yeah. just like they were particles or just like they were atoms a massive yeah. massive hypnodisc yeah yeah exactly <laughs> both spearhead 3 and dispenser 23 would have um movability issues yeah I've, I've got no, no, no. Sparehead 3 would have to get like can... spider legs attached I've literally got an image of like a robot vacuum with a crying head on it like that, just like walking about being go left you bastard and it's just like <laughs> the reason why I'm thinking of that is because I think at one point Jez when he once 3D printed a head a crying head put it on top of a robot vacuum and just let it just like slowly pop in the shot on a, on, a, on a video and send it to me <laughs> Ever since then, I've just been like, I really want that to be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Capsi's version was much more disturbing yes, the right, idea right. of it being on little. It's like, like Toy a Story. giant version of Crichton's <laughs> hand again, <laughs> crawling around. Like it. Um, yeah, spider. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Cybermen, <laughs> like, like a cyber shade. <laughs> and yeah, Spencer 23 would just stand there doing nothing yeah. but be fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, but pretty and... difficult to like unsee. Like, I'd always lose on aggression style and everything. But it would if it went to the judges, it would be fucked. But if it, if everyone else just immobilized themselves, yeah, <laughs> probably get through to the semis. <laughs> and stuff like that. No, it wouldn't work because you have to be moving in order to be considered part of it. So they would just, as oh. soon as the round started, they would start their countdown for immobilization, <laughs> and so they'd be out within thirty seconds. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Well, do you know what? It's the taking part that really matters. It's the taking a part that really matters. <laughs> nice. So I think we've pretty definitively answered that question, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally then, for the uh, for the hypotheticals, uh, Clem asks, who would win out of the suitcase from Stasis Leak and Cheezoid? <laughs> <laughs> this is the real shit. Oh my God, I didn't even see that question. <laughs> Right, the suit well, the suitcase has got a the suitcase has got some attitude. It's, it's got the right. <laughs> it's got maneuverability. It's got maneuverability. It whizzes off. Yeah. But Cheezoid could douse it in petrol <laughs> and nudge it in the direction of Sergeant Bash. Yeah. Yeah. So and the suitcase is uh, flammable. <laughs> I would assume. Do we have to explain what Cheezoid is? You <laughs> might not know. <laughs> Best not. <laughs> Link in the show notes. The show notes. Yeah. Yeah, an excuse to post it in show notes. Yeah, link in the show notes. It could bog people down with cheese, just like a load of fondue, and, and stop them moving and immobilise them. Just gum up the engine, yeah. Gum like up wheelie big cheese. Yeah. Cheezoid versus wheelie big cheese, or mousetrap. <laughs> wheelie big cheese. <laughs> that was a robot. It was, yeah. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, it would, it would it. flip back and forth, right? It would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it wouldn't be pretty, but I think Cheeseside actually would do, would would be a contender to be honest. With with especially if they had enough cheese to just just gum everyone up. The thing is, if the suitcase just fell over, it has no Shrimex, so, you know, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the suitcase, <laughs> the suitcase has got the right attitude, but it just doesn't. It's got the aggression, but it doesn't have the... Uh, yeah, bless him. It's got the style, but it doesn't have the damage. Yeah, putting a good show in, but... All right, there's there's one more kind of hypothetical <laughs> one uh, from Jason Smegley. Could Sir Killalot defeat the Terminator? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> because the Terminator. Well, ah, ah, ha, 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 ha. So, Killalot exists in our universe. The Terminator that exists in our universe is uh, a a prop that is very basically like oh. robotic, but doesn't really do much. Or is a seventy-year-old former bodybuilder. Yeah, exactly. Governor of California. So, in if if you know, like for like, oranges for oranges. <laughs> So Killalot would be able to beat both of them. I, th- I think Sir Killalot would fuck up Arnie to be <laughs> these days. But in in the Terminator universe, then the Terminator would the win. The Terminator would obviously win. <laughs> just shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> With a big gun. Um, it'll, ter- it'll turn its hand into a big. And Sir Killalot isn't even. Yeah. I mean, is he the most formidable? I mean, he has the reputation of being the most formidable, but is he? No. I think it just it looks more intimidating than it actually is. Like, looks more dangerous than it actually is. There's not yeah. a lot to it. It's got it's got power. Like, he can lift and grab things and. and yeah, you know, it, he the... usually finishes people yeah. off because he can just dump them in the pit or whatever. Yeah, but you're just not, kind of you're not just them, them and just away with them. His yeah. pincers can be quite deadly because snap through. Like, if you've got a, a weak point, any weak point on the chassis and the like, the body of your robot, you can just. Well, it's the jaws for life, and it? it's jaws of life. Yeah. Jaws for life, Tempe. You buy one, you never have to buy another jaw again. <laughs> no. Although everyone keeps going to the shops and buying a fucking another jaw for life because they always I keep know, forgetting. I'm so disorganised. <laughs> jaws full of jaws. <laughs> so killer lots equipped with lifelong jaws. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been beaten by the Terminator on Robot Wars. <laughs> Uh, Smegley also asks, uh, would Robocop be allowed to compete in Robot Wars? The answer to which is no, because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a cyborg. It's a part organic, and... isn't it? Now yeah. then, is there specific... The weight limit. Since we've got specific Robot Wars rules to refer to, uh-huh. is this a specific <laughs> rule? Is there anything that says the robot can't but, be To be fair, there's nothing, that's, there's nothing in the official rules that says it can't contain uh, organic matter. Living so, flesh. Yeah. That feels like an Which an means oversight. quite technically speaking is part organic, so he shouldn't be allowed to copy mm. either, but you know, we'll 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 mm. bypass that. I've got a feeling that, that you know the biased BBC would step in and stop this happening. <laughs> um but on the technicality he, he should be allowed he should be allowed to, to he wouldn't be able to use his gun, actually, but he'd he'd probably be able to, you know, stomp around and, you know, kick hypnodisc's tits off. <laughs> So, Nicky Hutchinson asks, did you ever take the show competition aspect seriously? Yes. I.e., which robot you thought would end up winning or losing? Yes. 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 <laughs> Extremely. Yeah, when, I, when so. I was a kid, I was, I, was, I was always, like, I was always rooting for, you know, like, 
there was definitely some like you level have your favorites when yeah. it wasn't even favorite robots it was the roboteers because you'd get some mm. real cunts and you wouldn't want them to ever be happy and but then you get some that you just absolutely loved i'm looking at you bear moth <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes just, I can't tell whether you genuinely think you're taking this too seriously or whether you are actually taking this too seriously. Mm. But then there's the people who go in, you know, with their you know, dad and their kids are just going in and having a, having a fun time exactly. and they get absolutely fucking yeah. rammed by some people who just don't know how to read the room. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do remember a kid bursting into tears. I don't like, see it. Robot got fucked up. Heartbreaking. Important life lesson. But yeah, this sort of leads on to several people have asked variations on the question of what's your favourite robot, what's your favourite moment, so we might as well just... Those people include, by the way, Mile T. Fletcher, Genuile, Warbadog, and Glen Tokyo. Uh, we're talking about naming some of their favourites as well. So, yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the ones that are just, like, it's almost like the almost not the silly ones, but just like the ones that just catch your eye like the like Deator was like one of the robots where just like every time it came on it was yeah. just like I just I am I, I I don't care if this robot doesn't go through I'm enjoying every minute of it like it's so entertaining <laughs> it's so ridiculous I was always rooting for Razor I really wanted Razor to win yeah. um because they look how beautiful it is. I can't remember if they ended up actually winning awards in the end. Because there was a long time where it was like Razor and Hypnodisc actually were so far in like on paper they were so far in advance of everyone else, mm. but they seemed doomed to never actually win the big prize. I'm just looking it up now. I've vastly overestimated how many um, series Chaos Two won. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> they won it twice. Okay, right. oh, okay. As opposed to half of eight series. Yeah. Mm. Um, Razor did win a title in the end, but in, they won series five. But I remember throughout this sort of series two, three, four, series three and four in particular, which are the two that Chaos Two won. It seemed like Razor and Hypnodisc were doomed to never actually win the big prize. And like Razor won the international competition, and it won lots of of the side events on Robot Wars Extreme and things like that, the World Championships. Um, but whoa, sorry, I just got distracted there by uh, <laughs> the mention of a Robot Wars celebrity special in which Pussycat was driven by <laughs> Adam Woodyard, Ian Deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the runner-up was Deator, driven by Vic Reeves. What? <laughs> and Gemini was driven by um, Anthea Turner and her sister Wendy. We should have done this episode. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of that oh, before. No. Um, okay. Uh, but yes, <laughs> going back to our previous conversation, I, I was always rooting for Razor and was like a Razor f- supporter. Um, and was always crushed when they got knocked out. I mean, ironically, really, because Razor would crush their opponents yes. regularly. <laughs> um, yeah, I liked. I mean, I was obviously swept up in the hypno disc. I was a bit. I was a bit of a, a yeah. normie when it comes to like my favourites. Really, it was just whoever was wrecking the most. Um, and yeah. hypno disc, pound for pound, wrecked the most fools. <laughs> and so it was amazing but but then I, I you know i remember being genuinely disappointed like you know at it having that kind of nearly you know status for a while yeah but um yeah. chaos 2 slightly annoyed me in the in a kind of a in a way that like 
when I was into speaking to snooker in the 90s, I never liked Stephen Hendry just because he was the cunt that won all the time. And I know just that now that you good. say Chaos 2 yeah. didn't win loads, but I know exactly what you mean because it won two of the of the big series, yeah. I would call it. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, when the show was massive, it just feels like they were everywhere. It dominated when it was at its peak. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the same way you hated Man United throughout the 90s because they were genuinely just so good just yeah, untouchable yeah. Yeah, and then, just annoying and, and then that just continues for the rest of your life regardless yeah it's like as soon as you're like as soon as Chaos 2 is involved you're just like ah this is just, uh, just... But yeah it, it, all the fights that Chaos 2 were involved in as well were so samey and like the first time you see the power of that flipper it's amazing yeah but then they just keep doing it over and over again. Like the, f- I believe I'm right in saying Chaos Two was the first to flip an opponent over the Out arena. The arena yes, when yeah. that happened, that was just wow, that's incredible. And then it did it again, and then it did it again, and then it did it again. Didn't they flip some house robots over as well? I think they turned like Sergeant yeah. Bash or Shunt over at some point. I'm sure they. That was the thing. yeah, that was the plus side. And I liked George Francis as a personality because yeah, their thing was that when they'd win they would not just sit still and stay out of trouble while the house robots went to town on their opponent. Mm. They'd fuck up the house robots. They'd yeah, yeah. to get stuck in, yeah. yeah. So good good for their good for their victories, but yeah. Well, the thing is, the whole adage of if it ain't broken. So it's like, you yeah. know, why, why improve? Why, if it's perfect, why improve it? Yeah, that's and it's, right. It, and it, but it doesn't make for very entertaining when it's, it's the one trick, you know. It's an extremely good trick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah. it's like it, it won two uh, series in a row without any change. The the robot basically yeah. it just like I think it just made it everyone because like series on series, especially during that those early few series when the the popularity just kept on rising. Every series there'd be robots that had been built to best the previous generation of robots that you could see the evolution as we've already talked about is like Hypnodisc and Razor being game changers that came out of nowhere, Chaos 2 was as well obviously but without even modifying the Series 3 version dramatically, it also won Series 4 Despite the fact that robots were entering Series Four based on to uh, Chaos him. Two's just won, yeah, so yeah. we got to make sure that we can't get beaten by Chaos Two and it still be all of them. Mm. It's very impressive. It's just that at the time it was like you were root, like it made everyone else an underdog, even if they were of awesome power and capability, yeah. like you hit the disc and Razor. Chaos yeah. Two was the one to beat, and so you were often rooting for whoever it was, like anyone but Chaos Two. Yeah, yeah. In the first series, I'm reading here, they were informally Team Chaos were informally known as the Village Idiots. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> I'm sure I'd known that at some point. Um, but no, that's absolutely right, isn't it? Is that that that's how Hypnodisc, as dominant as it was, and like as bullying as it was, somehow came out as kind of being so immensely popular because it did have a weird underdog situation where it just couldn't couldn't break through despite the fact that it yeah. absolutely destroyed as we saw like what it did with those two robots in this episode happened yeah. to about a dozen <laughs> yeah the capability and the power yeah. to win every tournament that it entered but somehow contrived not to yeah because of i guess early days chaos 2 i can't remember if hypnodisc ever did get a championship did it it did not it did not there you go you see it came fourth <laughs> on two occasions, and that's the yeah. furthest it got. It undoubtedly won side tournaments and stuff. Yeah, yeah so so if we're sticking with the nice football analogy, um, Hypnodisc is very much like Aston Villa. There we go. 
won, won, a, won a couple of side tournaments. I was going to say, um, Naughty's Liverpool. Uh, yeah, okay, probably fair. <laughs> it's hard because the thing is that when, when I realised I was looking through the like the, the Series 4 like heats, there is like 20 heats. So there's yeah, four yeah. robots in each thing, which means that there's, there's 100 robots in that one series alone competing for the finals and it's just like what the like there's just saturday i think started to repeat robot wars on a saturday morning on challenge or something and me and my dad just got hooked watching these again because i was just like there's so much stuff i don't remember because there is just so many episodes over a year where like it's a really good culmination like you said there are there are little story threads and good stuff going on at that time there's so many robots where you're just like oh my god i forgot about that one i forgot about that one so like you know the ones that bubble to the surface, are the ones you can remember. But there are some amazing robots in there that just are going to fall by the wayside just from sheer numbers. Yeah, which makes the ones that kind of bubble to the top even more impressive because yeah. being consistent in Robot Wars must must be very very difficult. It's always the one that change. It's always the ones that change the the game, like the the ones that you know the first ones have a Shrimek, the first ones have a spinner the first yeah. ones have a flipper the first ones have a, an axe the first ones have a you know it's always the, it's always the kind of the ones that start that trend and got like gemini was one of the first ones that just like split apart and obviously it's like what the fuck is that <laughs> when that first <laughs> happened it was like you blew your mind because it's like what the hell's gemini it? yeah gemini was amazing gemini was one of them weird ones yeah. it was just like it was really really um really powerful little thing it was but just the fact that it all of a sudden turned into two robots was like oh that's just that is just amazing that is just so different <laughs> yeah yeah, not very good, but but exciting. No, it wasn't yeah, very good, but yeah. it's a very interesting. But that's it. Doesn't matter, does it? It's, no, it... the concept's enough, right? And I think Gemini did the pinball one and just like smashed it because there was two of them and they could just literally go around two different parts of the gods. <laughs> the greater than the sum of their parts, basically. They are being thrown into the pit. Oh, I must go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about. Uh, we've mentioned them in passing a couple of times, but we need to mention Beermoth. Because <laughs> Beermoth were one of the few um, teams to compete on both. Like there was a handful, they were one of the few teams to compete on both old and new series. They were like they were never a huge force, but they were always there and they were always fairly memorable. Because um, you had the you know these people that just came back year on year, and you'd start to recognise them as oh yeah, it's that guy from that series. And yeah, stuff. and they were definitely part of like the community um and so they turned up dutifully in the new series and provided what is probably the most memorable and iconic and will live longest moment of the new series when (laughs) they lost a fight to a team that was comprised mostly of children (laughs) on a judge's decision and the uh the leader (laughs) of bmr Calmly hands his controller to his teammate and then fucks right <laughs> off in a sulk. <laughs> and like, walks off stage and goes and grumps yeah. away. Oh, God. I bet you he felt like such a tit, like, literally five seconds Ten after. Seconds yeah, later. just like, oh, God, what have I just done? But, yeah, I've done it now, so I've got to follow. I can't, yeah. I can't go back. It was, <laughs> I can't, almost I can't like he was just offended that, like, yeah. he, like, he just immediately just thought, oh, it's all, you know... The feckin' Jesuits have got it all tied up. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, and yeah, funnily enough, this had, this had just kind of cropped up on Twitter again just before we recorded. Yeah, uh, the week before we recorded this. So there's a there's a easily accessible video that we shall put in the show notes. Right? 
on another, like to quickly address this, <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson's near-death experience is also um, <laughs> is also chronicled on a Twitter thread that Sai sent us um, that will also be in the show notes. I don't know much about this incident in general, actually. Yeah, I remember oh. hearing about that, and then like shortly after he left, but apparently the two things are not connected. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> they're probably are. not sure much about like that. his head and shoulders was <laughs> very nearly not connected. <laughs> It may well have been on the, it during filming of one of the. It would have been filmed. It would have been in the show, but they probably didn't show this bit. Right. <laughs> um, that yeah. Basically, what happened was Dead Metal was cutting the fuck out of a robot, and the metal saw flew off and embedded itself into a concrete wall, inches from Jeremy Clarkson's neck. I mean, wow. it's uh, terrifying when you think about it. The production crew determined that the saw blade had missed Clarkson's scalp by less than two inches. A minor change in its trajectory could thus have resulted in Clarkson being instantly decapitated, which is one of the finest lines ever to be <laughs> committed I to just, the Wikipedia. Yeah, entry. I mean, I know that obviously that's the reason why they started putting all the uh, Lexar shield up after, yeah. after that, because it was just like... And I think there was also a robot that was disqualified because they'd used a hardened steel blade or something. And they're not allowed yeah. to do that, and it's shattered, and it was, and it was it like shattered bit, during the during the, and they were immediately the disqualified because it was like that was not in the rules. You're not allowed to use hard steel because it because it shatters, dangerous. yeah, because it was, and there were bits embedded in the fucking Lexan and the shielding, so it was like, yeah, that's fucking not good. Yeah, fuck me. If that wasn't there, then the audience would. I mean, the audience would have been, yeah, would have been, yeah. would have been deaths. <laughs> I mean, yeah, geez. it's yeah. From a TV production point of view. It is absolutely health and safety gone. Despite the fact that I know someone, (laughs) I know the people that were the executive producers of the new series. I can't put myself in that position of having to fill in a fucking risk assessment. assessment (laughs) What's the risk here? Well, possible decapitation from House Robot, (laughs) multiple deaths. (laughs) <laughs> Mitigation. Hire hosts that no one minds if they decapitate. <laughs> uh, we'll get onto these in a minute, but for my sins, I was watching through all of Craig Charles's rhymes from the end of the episode, <laughs> and so I, I've I, I kind of I've heard all the ones from series two and I think most from three, and the amount of times they make a joke about them not giving a shit about health and safety. It's like half of the rhymes are that. <laughs> and you it's think just tempting fate. a year after you almost killed Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> you might want to wind your necks in a little bit on the health and safety front. But no. Yeah. Yeah. He's asking for trouble. But I have no doubt that like from that incident onwards, <laughs> it seems a massive oversight to me that they, they didn't have that bulletproof perspex up from fucking day yeah. one. Like that seems like it's it's not a surprise that you would surround this arena. Like if you want to have an mm-hmm. audience and that arena, then you have to have some serious safety features there. Yeah. It's remarkable that the, it took an incident, a near miss in order for them to think of, Oh yeah, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should protect all the dozens of people well, that are standing within inches of flying. machines. Let's put that down as a nice to have. Well, it's like those rogue things that happen that <laughs> no one can plan, but happens anyway. Like I think there's was it Mythbusters where they had a, a cannon um, fire a ball and it was like a ball about the size of a golf ball but it shot off and hit a, a hit a hill and it was almost like a sort of million to one shot and it hit a hill and bounced further on past the, past the field they were working in and it went through someone's house 
and it's just like and it's like you can't ever plan for things like that it's like there are accidents mm. are going to happen they're so few and far between and so astronomically low in terms of like the chance of them happening which is why they'd say no hard and steel no you know they try and mitigate this mm. stuff by not allowing things that can that can the things wrong, that they can then... predict exactly yeah, but that's yeah. it but you've got like i was looking at this that when you look at the set on robot wars you've got like craig charles on a like obviously he's not there during the fights i imagine i imagine he's not stood on top of that gantry <laughs> when the fights are going on because that'd be bloody dangerous you know the roboteers are in a bulletproof room Perfect basically book, yeah. yeah so you know it's it, when, when you think about it it's like yeah it could it could just you know flip up and hit a light or something up in the up in the Mm. But I know that the one, the uh, the one that was um, uh, Henry's uh, robot was was basically like completely walled off. There was no, it was like one hundred percent, like just mm. a fucking. It was a box. Perspective. I assume that the health and safety procedures are much tighter, even in the however many years, like fifteen years or whatever it was oh, between yeah. series. In like the American series, the BattleBots and stuff, they 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 were basically just enclosed in like a bulletproof chamber. Like there's nothing getting through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you know things go a particular way, and before you know it, Jeremy Clarkson's still alive. <laughs> Never mind. Glenn Tokyo mentions, isn't it generally a bit weird how Red Dwarf made Craig Charles a well-known face of robotics for a while with Robot Wars and that magazine where you built a shite little robot? <laughs> I don't remember I've that. I've got no idea what that refers to. <laughs> and generally propelled a lot of the cast into science, technology, engineering program despite the characters being dog shit in science, technology and engineering. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you had Craig. You had Robert doing Scrap Heap Challenge. Yeah. yeah. You had Chris doing his massive engines. But uh, with that one, we know that both Chris and Robert, that falls into their personal areas of interest. Like, obviously, Chris loves a massive engine or a massive machine or whatever the 20th <laughs> iteration of that was on Discovery Channel. <laughs> and, like, robo- <laughs> robot... Robot... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Robot Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Before becoming a massive electric vehicles nerd, he was a massive non-electric vehicles nerd, and like the scrappy challenge stuff was very much in his style. I, I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that technology kind of snuck into Robert's interests because of Red Dwarf. I think so. Yeah, mm. uh, on like the jobs he was given, because what we were experiencing in the nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, is the gradual ramping up of sci-fi again, but also technology and you know geekier stuff, side culture stuff, while at the same time having a little bit of a dearth of recognizable presenters that are kind of in that rough world to work with, and therefore, mm-hmm. Red Dwarf was the sci-fi show in 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 the UK at the time. I think yeah. it's fair to say so. Mm-hmm pillage that cast so you get craig charles well craig charles did cyber zone 992 but despite that let's have him on <laughs> robot wars and same with like robert llewellyn did scrappy almost certainly seems to be the thing that kind of kick-started and then he started doing his web video pioneering stuff that just feels like it kind of just came out of his association with technology because of red dwarf rather than anything else it was a time when the for the 30 years before and the 20 years and counting after Doctor Who was the big British sci-fi thing. Yeah. Mm. But in Doctor Who's absence, Red Dwarf filled that niche of being sort of the most recent and most successful. And current. And current, yeah. At a time when multi-channel TV was happening and expanding. 
and therefore the amount of hours of programming produced was expanding and therefore the overall budget was contracting mm. and so all of a sudden there was a need for more hours of programming to fill the schedules that could be done cheaper and so there was a lot of not i'm not saying that robot wars or scrappy fall into this but perhaps perhaps chris barry's massive engines <laughs> <laughs> falls into the category of programming that is a lot cheaper to make than a big prestige drama or a sitcom or you know yeah. a, a nature documentary or something so let's make little documentaries on science and technology and who can we get our red dwarf people yeah they're like they're kind of almost like in the transitional stage of that between like kind of more cost effective you know shows you know centered around or like say game shows centered around a particular thing i guess scrappy challenge may, may well have been a little bit cheaper than say robot was but but they were also started mm. to be made in a time where there was still money in t- or still big money yeah. in tv for your average show and so they they you know robot wars still had that impressive kind of you know maybe money behind it i i actually don't know it they might have had five pence for all i know but well it looks like they, but it money, looked like they had money yeah exactly yeah, it gives the impression yeah of but then like yeah like we touched on earlier a lot of the um it's a weird one because a lot of the uh production value is supplied by the contestants yeah yeah because like you can make the arena look as pretty as you like and they they obviously they spent money on the house robots because they were built by BBC visual effects and they were formidable yep. and and they worked <laughs> most of the time but if you then end up with only crap robots competing <laughs> then you're going to have a shit show and so it relied on the likes of Hypnodisc and Razor and Chaos and all the others we mentioned that made innovations to keep the show evolving and that Perhaps that's where it started to go wrong a little bit because it did drop in popularity and it did end up suffering the ultimate humiliation of transferring to Channel 5. Death knell of any TV show eventually. Yeah, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> Maybe it's because it was reliant too much on external forces keeping the show up to date and keeping it relevant and, and keeping it exciting. Mm. And there wasn't that much... I mean, this is... I'm sure that bigger fans of Robot Wars than I am may well disagree, but for me, I kind of lost interest in it because it felt a bit repetitive and that it was the same things happening again. It felt like there was a halt in the innovation that brought us your Chaos 2s and your Razors and your, and your Hip Discs because people had hit on a winning formula and, and just went along with it. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't so much a frontier where you were just like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks the creativity of the robot ears had gone as far as it could in that current climate of technology and it took the show having a break and coming back years later to take another leap forward because technology had had improved so much in that time more things were possible and in a way that when you're doing a, a series every single year and it's often the same people competing every single year even if it's different robots then you're never going to get that turnover of creativity that you had in the first few series when everything was brand new. Mm. It's the problem the Great British menu has. <laughs> it's always the same fucking chefs. <laughs> so the new robot was then. It went for what about three years? Did it? It did. They did three series. The second two of which were filmed back to back. So it, it that's was... bad news, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they filmed two series back to back. I think there was a, spe- a one-off special after that as well, and then it, got, and then it died. Henry's currently in legal battles with one of the other series. I think it was like taking away the biases that I obviously have because it was my friends working on it. I think it was a crying shame that it didn't yeah. go further. I think it had a huge amount of potential. The Roboteers were excellent and innovative, and even within those three series shot over the space of only two years, there was innovation and there was um there was new things and, and it each of those series felt different it was just so bloody short was the shame mm. um that there was only six episodes in each series which you know where we're yeah. used to the you know the classic series the craig charles series being 20 odd episodes long having all those heats that we discussed and so yeah that's crazy that's 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 half a year yeah. of what it was yeah, yeah. And that's just the main series as well. You had a full series of Robot Wars, and then you had an extreme series, and then another full series. Yeah, yeah. What I found interesting about the newer series of Robot Wars versus the older ones is that I don't know whether it was a uh, like a, a budget thing or if it was just they didn't have rights to it, but like none of the music ever carried over to the other series. But what you got from that without the music was the kind of rawness of the power of the machines. And that's mm. something that the original show doesn't really get across, is the kind of... Yes, it looks it looks quite damaging, but you don't really sort of hear the power of the damn things mm. and how big they are as well. You don't sort of get that sense of scale with them. They're really, they're, when yeah. you see a robot, when you see like you know what Chaos Two actually, how big it is, it's like it's fucking enormous. Like you have no idea. It looks like a tiny little thing that's maybe about eight inches across, and then you look at it, it's like it's a foot and a half. This mm. thing's you know this thing's a beast. This might not have been so much relevant when when it was being made, even just a few years ago. But like drone cameras and stuff like that, how much they've come on. Like mm. you could, you could get some amazing up close shit going on. Well, you could get some really good yeah. robots. Yeah, with <laughs> with well, yeah. with drone <laughs> you know, Oh my like god, having, flying like, robot wars! Because didn't they have didn't they have a mm. robot that had a drone attached to it or something? I'm sure that was one of the robots they had in the new series. It was a drone, like a flying I robot. Remember, attached I haven't even watched them. Got disqualified after the drone escaped and went over Heathrow. Cost, cost <laughs> to deliver a package to someone. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely like an, an uptick in sort of the. The sound of that show was like much more raw. Which one was? There was a robot. I can't remember. Carbide, that had a spinning blade that you you could hear it powering up. Like as you were waiting for the three, two, one activate, yeah. they'd they'd power up their yeah. thing and it would. Yeah. And it was awful because it was just it just sounded like I I don't want to be anywhere near that thing. <laughs> it's, it was like a fucking air raid sound going off. It was like that mechanical sound. If Hypnodisc was allowed to get up to speed before Activate, then no one would have a single chance to <laughs> no, go anywhere no, near no. it when it's fully powered up. I think they'd give themselves that challenge. <laughs> I think they were just like, you know what, we'll just see if we can just still do it anyway. No, we don't need to. But yeah, terrifying. Oh, before we go much further, International Debris has a request to get in at least one, oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And Sai follows that up with a further request, get Danny to do it, as Brian blessed. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Oh, okay. So am I doing one as Reese and then one as Brian Blessed? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, like if one like. as a warm-up and then, yeah. <laughs> Start to remain course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have thought of that. Just, Reese just sounds angry. He's you know, terrifying. He's a he terrifying just, He just man. sounds, yeah, it's a fucking chair for me, And then... <laughs> Oh yes, I haven't even thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no way Brian. He can't use control. Yeah, he wouldn't have said a half thought. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I had a thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I surprised myself. That's quite good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've got to reach for the Brian inside yourself. Okay, last few waffles. Uh, Milo Scatter wants us to waffle about Robot Wars video games. Unfortunately, <laughs> none of us were really into that. Although I do remember I had one for the PlayStation 2. Yes, me too. Uh, arena, I'm just looking at a list. I thought it might Is be it called one. Robot Battle Arena or something like that? Arenas of Destruction. Ah, that's the one. one. It was fucking rubbish. Yeah. Um, is all, is all I remember. It's a cause... shame because it's the kind of thing that VR would be very good oh, at. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia entry and this is the problem with the game. There's a total of 57 custom-built robots to use in competition in arcade mode. Only four out of the 57 of these are capable of self-writing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's asymmetric almost, isn't it? I mean, that's the, kind of the whole point yeah. of the show is that it's not a fair fight. Half the time, but that's kind of, that's the point. Only only a handful of robots that actually appeared in the televised series uh, appear in the game. And what I wanted from a Robot Wars video game was a Street Fighter or a Tekken or a Mortal Kombat, where you just had <laughs> lit a roster of robots to choose from okay. from the series, and you could just say, "Okay, I'm going to play as Hypnodisc." And then you level the playing field by balancing them all. And yeah. give it yeah. That's a genius idea. That's not what this game was. There were several Robot Wars video games, and it may well be that other games were that, and I just happened to yeah. pick the wrong one, and it put me off. But yeah, that's the game that I. Well, want, I'm genuinely uh, thinking Robot of like Wars. a 2D, like fighter Robot Wars, where it's like a level of extraction. That's not the word. A level of abstraction. So yeah. you're not actually playing Robot Wars. You you almost you know. <laughs> do you know what <laughs> so I mean? You're, like you, you you're playing... hypnotist with fists. Yeah, well, like, you You know, kind of. But everyone's got a special move that is equal in power. You don't have hypnotist just tearing everyone's faces off, um, because because yeah, because the TV show is designed to be completely unbalanced. Because part of the competition is the skill of the builders. And you don't get that in the game. That is not part of the game. The physics engine as well would have to be sort of really good to kind yeah. of deal with the the damage and mm. things. And like even you know like games like Burnout Paradise, which came out you know ten fifteen years later than that, it, they only just started to sort of well, the surface of like damaged vehicles and how the they closest looked. you would have got at the time is the Carmageddon games. And yes, I remember this distinctly because I guess around series two of Robot Wars, I would come home from school, sit at my computer with the TV next to me, play Carmageddon or Carmageddon 2 while watching Robot Wars. I was yeah. very very <laughs> focused on a particular type of content that I wanted. But Carmageddon 2, which is a 98 game, the destruction on that game is excellent. Like, yeah. Listen, the destruction on that album is amazing. <laughs> and, like doors and panels Derby and everything well. coming off. And Destruction Derby was really good. That was more was of a deformed thing. Whereas yeah. Carbogeddon 2 was messing about with polygons that would like fall off the car. Ah, okay, so yeah. Um, stuff like that. And like deform the polygons and then each individual one could be like repaired and stuff like that. And right. So it was definitely possible, but the, that was kind of the whole point of Carbogeddon 2. Like, all yeah. of the resources went into that because that's all that game was. Um, but it's also a tie-in game, and it probably had, like, Again, oh, you need to release yeah. this in time for the third season. It's almost like if there was a whole yeah. separate game that wasn't anything to do with Robot Wars, but was about fighting robots, would be a better game than a Robot Wars game. 
you could you yeah. you'd make a better game if you were the house robots. Ah, okay. I don't yeah. know what the point would be or what. Again, the, yeah, be. that's the thing. It's like games like that need a bit of a need an actual arc, a story. Yeah, Otherwise, do, you need yeah. to have something to. That's what around. this kind of was. Like you go in, you build your robot, and you go through qualifying rounds, and it was like a kind of you know, like, it was like story mode on a wrestling game mm. or something so like that, could, or career you mode could piece on FIFA. Together your own robot. Yeah, but from a selection of presets, basically, with some customization. So when you kind of won fights, did you get more money to to make your bot better? Yeah, okay. And well, it was that's, that's not as terrible. a result. It's not, it's, it's not terrible, but as a result, it was difficult because mm. I wanted to just go in and fucking smash shit up, yeah. and I had to build up to wait it. and start off with a shit robot and I just, build it's it. It's one of them. It's one of them things where an indie game developer could easily make a game like that now, and it would be. Spectacular because they'll it'd have be done everything. Down 2D. <clears throat> yeah, it'd just be one of those games where they just like you can make it whatever shape you want, and then that will that will work with the physics that will catch on, you know, like ramps and like the arena wouldn't be flat. You'd have whole like areas where you could go up into the like go up into the into the rafters and there'd be loads of other break things into you could the do. studio audience like <laughs> <laughs> like like Carmageddon it carnage up, like, yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I just think, yeah, it's got scope. It's definitely one of the things I'd love to see. It's, but yeah, it's, it, it's it feels it's like a it's, lot to ask for. It was suffer like in reality, if everyone was being perfectly honest with themselves, there has never been a good wrestling game. And I think, well, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. has there though ever SmackDown versus Raw two thousand and whatever it was that I had on the yes, PS2 was excellent. but was that actually a good game? <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to keep asking the question because I haven't got any arguments <laughs> against it. But what it's it's an incredibly difficult. No, I'll, just <laughs> I'll just ask the same question. It's... <laughs> what I mean, well, I guess what I mean then is it is an unreasonably difficult type of game to make good, mm. almost to the point where you know you're always going to have to put up with certain big flaws because it's it is asymmetric and it is like it's so specific. It's a such a specific type of entertainment that is centered around you watching chaos, and and as soon as you're in control of a part of that, it's really difficult to to slot that in in a in a, in a way that tickles the same part of your brain that watching it does. Also, it's the same thing of having like an actual fixed arena as well. Is like that that's limiting. Like immediately, you set yourself a limit where you can't go anywhere and do anything different than what the game allows you to do. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you get the sandbox games, which then just open up. Even just having it as an open world immediately changes how that game scope works. I like an open world Robot Wars game. <laughs> you just take your robot out of the arena and down a country lane yeah. and find some sheep to tell <laughs> Break into the studio next door. I just imagine this kind of apocalyptic post-nuclear war world. Basically, what this is is Fallout. With robots. That's essentially <laughs> what I'm talking about. For hope, but it's hypnotist. Well, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and to emphasise, um, we are. I'm only talking about one of the four Robot Wars games that were released. The others might well have been better. You do often get hidden gems on like Game Boy Advance or DS. They're obviously popular platforms, but usually when it comes to tie-ins, the versions that are on those handhelds are often poor, the shabbiest the, of the poor, poor man's yeah poor man's versions of yeah. what what mm. whatever ended up on the main consoles but to be fair i i could be talking about ass because i've not played them speaking of ass um Cy Bromley <laughs> says <laughs> <Poor Sash. laughs> I, I it was only as i was saying that that i realized that i was taking the piss out of <laughs> it was supposed to be taking the piss out of 
something else because Ray <laughs> says you need to do an episode of Cyberzone next. <laughs> okay, right. So in a way, <laughs> that's Cyberzone me. is ass. <laughs> like, my yeah. assumption that you were talking about size reflected worse on me. Um, we're not doing an episode of Cyberzone. No, no. Because I've watched one episode of Cyberzone for G and TV. Link in the show notes. Oh, we've already done that, have we? I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, because we talked about I... it earlier, and we said it's been yeah. perfect G and TV, not realizing it already is one. <laughs> Which wow. just goes to how long G and TV has been running. So yeah, yeah. It shows you how much. I have no intention of watching another episode of it. I, like, yeah. It's not very good. It, the the idea was there. It was a good idea. It was the technology was not there, and yeah. Craig Charles was poor. the The only reason it was ever exciting is, oh, holy fuck, that's Craig Charles of Red Dwarf. Like he can do other things. That what was, that was? It was the first time he'd done something outside yeah. of Red Dwarf that we'd not seen him in. To like a na- nine year old me, was just like what the fuck. I and also, it's like, oh my god, look at this amazing VR thing! Like, oh yeah. my god, this is not the best thing ever. It's like, and yeah. It only took 30 years to uh, to slightly realise the VR dream. We're still not there. We're close, but we're not there. And finally, we'll return to Genual. Anyone got a favourite Craig Charles Robo poem? (laughs) They may have been cheesy, but I was always entertained by them because, to be fair, it's hard to think of many original things to rhyme with wars. (laughs) And I think that's why Robot Wars Extreme became a thing because then he was able to <laughs> rhyme oh, right, extreme instead. <laughs> extreme ice cream, um, dream, dream, ri- sea bream, <laughs> sea bream. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? It is, but just it's the sort of thing that you'd have in like you know a nice Cornish fish <laughs> fish restaurant <laughs> rather than trying to trying to rhyme it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if like favourite's such a strong word, isn't it? <laughs> um remembering any of them is Yeah, I've got I've got a handful that I, I so so in, in the show no need to show off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean look it lockdown has, has expanded us all. In the show notes there will be a couple of videos linked of uh, the, the some poor bastard has gone through and kind of put together a lot of his um <laughs> And honestly, what after you get to like the sixth or seventh, like the noise of of Craig Charles kissing his fingers really, really, really starts to get to you. <laughs> it, it's quite an interesting experience. But before I read these ones out, Ian, there was what is the one that you wrote probably close to twenty years ago now about dildonics? Oh, <laughs> um, I'll see if I can we've heard about faxes to Canada and mechanical whores because I've done the dildonics joke. On Robot Wars. I think that's, I think that's 100% <laughs> that spot on. <laughs> when did he do the Diltronics joke on Robot Wars? He, he didn't. It was me hypothetically <laughs> ah, okay. where the Diltronics joke might turn up. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it's believable that he did it. So, um, <laughs> At 6.45 on BBC2. So the first, the first few on this video are a little bit difficult to... Um, <laughs> To make out. So this one, I've had to insert a word because I, ha- I have no idea what the word is that he said. It's definitely not this word, but I had to insert this word. When Terminator sits down after finishing his chores, he has a wank and a pizza and watches Robot Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he says I don't that. think he says wank, but I have no idea what, what he says. Um, <laughs> this one is a good uh, a good indicator of Early series Craig Charles maybe being a little bit cunty to the target audience. Um, you don't need spots or boils or sores to be a fan of Robot Wars. Oh. 
Okay, this is um, might have been a bit problematic if he'd done this a few years earlier. I'll show you my robot. You show me yours. The biggest one wins on Robot Wars. <laughs> that's not necessarily true. It isn't necessarily true. No, that's true. This one doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, this is probably halfway through series two. So, like, Kratos' first series. And they're all, already, and they're already <laughs> giving us this shit. Clutching at straws. With <laughs> clutching at straws. <laughs> they must have done that. We've got more presents than Santa Claus, and the beards are real on Robot Wars. <laughs> what presents have you got? What presents? <laughs> Maybe it's a pun on like, presents as in that, that you They're can there. feel them there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I used to be scared of Father Christmas, but I grew accustomed to his presents. <laughs> That's that's I'm sorry I haven't a clue, isn't it? No, that was someone I went to uni with who was genuinely scared of Father Christmas. <laughs> like as a twenty year old woman. <laughs> what she came up with that joke? No, I, I came up with that to take the piss that's out of her. Good joke. It's <laughs> fucking great. It's so good I genuinely thought fucking Barry Cryer or something. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Anyway, speaking of amazing jokes, there's one more, which actually I, I do quite, I, I really like this one. It's the only show that Yuri Geller adores because we do twist metal on Robot Wars. Ah, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's good. good. That's good. <laughs> there you go. It's not all bad. That's Craig's best work since uh, John McGee. <laughs> I was going to say, is that Craig? Oh, well, I guess, yeah, he is the he is a poet, obviously. He is a yeah, poet. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, there is a, a line is blurred between, like, you know, Craig's comedy is often not written by Craig, so... No, yeah. his poems are, but this is, I it has the poems have the feel of written by a producer. That's yeah, and like because there's a ha- there's only a handful of things that are scripted on Robot Wars, which are Craig's introduction, um, some of the introductions to individual fights, and the closing thing because the interviews are off the cuff and yeah. and reactive. And I think I remember seeing in the credits that whizzed past us earlier a writer credit, so they've got to earn the money somewhere. I mean, even even so, they're they're, they're better than Dara Brian's ones, which are just eh, robot wars. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Go on, Danny. Read the first one. Okay. So I, I got the bug for writing my own poems because, you know, <laughs> I decided to have a go. He's a very enthusiastic lad. He, he sent these in. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for this? Yes. So Killerlot's got claws, Dead Metal's got saws, possibly the worst poem ever about Robot Wars. Good night. <laughs> well, that's, that's not true. I've read, I've read many worse ones. <laughs> then that would never appear on Robot Wars because what you've done there is you've rhymed three things where that they could have happily have split that into two and got two shows worth of yeah, poem yeah, out very of wasteful, yeah, very wasteful yeah. and speaking of wasting I've got another one uh, we'll waste all your time and your arsehole will tighten at this terrible rhyme for Ganymede and Titan <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's my contribution and that is our contribution to the legacy of Robot Wars <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that signifies that the podcast has come to an end. Now. <laughs> oh, have I ruined it? Have I? 
<laughs> no, you put you put a beautiful bow on it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Our next Dwarfcast after this will be the latest issue of the Smegazine Rack. We'll probably already have recorded that by the time you listen to this, so don't bother submitting anything. Just but don't bother doing you, anything. <laughs> Shut up. Don't want. Shut up. If you want to talk to us about anything that we've talked about today or otherwise, uh, leave a comment over at www.ganymede.tv or you can tweet us. Twitter handle is Ganymede Titan. Okay. So this should give you an idea of the kind of person we're working okay. with. Okay. Thanks once again for listening. Uh, please do stay safe, stay happy, stay cool. Staley Bridge Library in Trinity Street, Staley Bridge, is home to a blue plaque which honours Sergeant William Booth, who served in the 20th Manchester Regiment in Italy during the First World War. And now the podcast may be over, but please don't cry. Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to G&T Dwarfcast, and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. And so I've turned mine to theatre mode, which has done a Ooh. tiny change. <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, I just don't like theatre mode. It doesn't make it's the rest it's of full the screen, screen or either. fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full screen or fuck off, mate. <laughs> now then, you've got £2,000. That's yours. Now, you've got to choose now. Will you go full screen or will you fuck off? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna fuck off. We've had a wonderful day. <laughs> we want to give the other people a go. I'm gonna fuck off. Always <laughs> oh, fucked off. To fuck off. <laughs> that way. No. Right. Anyway. Right. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> focus. Jesus Christ. Focus. He's found his niche. He's found his niche. That underneath his thighs. <laughs> what the fuck is that for? Boys? You just, just pull that out of your brain. Amazing. Uh, Sorry, we're deviating massively. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for listening. Please do stay home. No, please do stay, just home. stay home anyway. Fucking stay there. It's so much better. Yeah, it should be. It should be Shrimek, but it was always pronounced Shrimek. It should be Shrimek. Right, right. Shrimek, a cup of tea. <laughs> no, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put that right to the end. <laughs> <laughs>